Mansell with HJ Sports, and today we're going to go over our new sites within the Tetra line for 2022. So new for 2022, we actually came out with a new way to mount your scope housing to the infinite adjust bracket. No longer do you have to worry about your vertical adjustments uh, intertwining with the second axis adjustments. So as you'll see on the scope housing, uh, there's actually an additional brick. You can either mount that to the inside of the riser or to the outside of the riser. We recommend that for most traditional bows, you mount that to the inside of the riser and for any sort of sight that you're gonna mount in line with the bow to use the outside. Just flip that around um, and mount it to the outside of the riser. So within each of the product categories, we have the Tetra Max, the Tetra, and then the Tetra LT. As always, our Tetra line of sights come in four different scope housing size options, an inch and three eighths, an inch and five eighths, an inch and three quarters, and then also our four pin housing, which is an inch and three quarters. We also offer a 10 thousandths pin and a 19 thousandths pin for both single pin and four pin options. On the Tetra itself, we once again have micro adjustments as well as your macro gain adjustments for left and right. For your vertical adjustments on your Tetra bow sight, you'll want to use the screw right here on the infinite adjust rail and the screw below that. You'll just loosen those and slide it up and down. Another key feature on the 2022 Tetra bow sight is the integrated scope ring that has a built-in level. Another key feature on the 2022 Tetra site is the ability to take a 2500 blue burst light. This is an added on accessory, but you can actually put that on there to add light to your pin or to reduce light. With that, we also have mechanical rheostat, which is an exclusive feature to HHA on the Tetra line. You'll be able to turn in the rheostat if you want to dim the light, and then you'll also be able to turn it out if you want to let more light in. Also on our 2022 Tetra line bow sights, the Tetra comes in either a fixed frame, our Hunter Edition frame, or it comes on a four to eight inch adjustable dovetail. All HHA products are 100% made and sourced in the USA, and they carry a 100% lifetime warranty. For any more questions, please visit our website at www.hjsports.com. Hello, we're at the ATA show at uh, Veteran Innovative Products, uh, an all-American made and manufactured broadhead. So we've got a new one for 2020 called the Combat Veteran 4-Blade. As you can see, 4-Blades got a lot of the same high-quality materials we used with our original 2-Blade Veteran, but the Combat Veteran has a different deployment system. How it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades, okay, those compress, and then the broadhead opens. It still has our momentum management compressible blade technology. So the the cutting diameter is inch and a quarter by two inches on this when deployed. Uh, in flight, it's one inch by inch and a quarter. Another feature we added this year with these heads uh, is that you can exchange the bone breaching field point tip with a 125 grain setup if you would like. So swap the tip out, get you 125 grains instead of 100, which is big with those Western hunters. And then it's really simple to lock back in place, roll those blades up, and then it's a click and another click on the other side. It's completely set in, will not prematurely deploy, will not rattle free, solid containment, 100% deployment every time. So we've made a lot of good adjustments and refinements to it to make sure that it's guaranteed to deploy every single time. So that's what's new for VIP this year. 
Welcome back, guys. This podcast is brought to you by RPG Coffee Company, a veteran-owned and operated socially responsible coffee company born to support members of the military, law enforcement, and firefighting communities by donating 50% of their profits. The true secret to living is giving. And don't forget to join the RPG Coffee Club today. Don't wait until you run out. Stay ready to rock by having RPG Coffee delivered straight to your door each month with our coffee club. folks thank you for tuning into another episode of bucks of america podcast i am your host jeff fans and today we're in studio again this is the weekend of the r100 in sparta wisconsin i have my good friend in studio third guest ever i have jeremy fisher from the toxin app here and we've been shooting all weekend long and with the rain that's actually currently downpouring us we decided to quit early cut out and come back cut a podcast and then go about our rest of our evening, but then go back out tomorrow and go uh, shoot with uh, Becky, his wife, and some other people too as well. And uh, it's just been a heck of a, a, a weekend. It's just actually been a very blessed weekend overall. I mean, granted, it's been hot, but we could deal with the hot. We could deal with the heat because it's, it's the memory that we're uh, creating and capturing and that what makes everything so differently. And it's really been – this is my first R100. This is what you're – Fourth or fifth? Oh uh, yeah, I think it's my fourth. Yeah, fourth. Okay, and I got to shoot yesterday. We got to shoot with Jeremy, uh, Chris Ham, uh, ja- uh, Jake Mensel. Uh, we have uh, Chaz, James. That's everybody that was in part of our group. And then we we broke up into two groups of t- uh, five, and we had ten people per yeah. person. We did all fifty shots yesterday, yeah, and that was brutal. It it was it was definitely something, man. But dude, how you been? How you feeling? How's ever, how's life been for you for since the last time you've been on the podcast back in May? It's been fantastic. We, you know, honestly, it's it's uh, you and I stay in touch pretty good. You know, uh, we be bop stuff back and forth. You know, as far as Facebook and whatnot goes, and uh, and you know, since since the last time we were actually on the on the uh, podcast last time, we uh, we've we've done some really cool stuff with the Toxin app, and uh, you know, the shop is starting to get busy right now. So it's getting to be our my favorite time of year. You know, fall a little bit of crispness in the air when you wake up in the morning. And uh, that anticipation every day, which seems to go by so fast now, like I do time is flying right now. Um, one day closer to bow hunting season, one day closer to the, to the best time of the year, in my opinion. Yes. You know, hundred percent. So I didn't know this was your first R100. Yes. This is my first one R100. Cause I've, I've, we've always had something going on this weekend or there's an HJ shoot. I think last year, yeah. I believe there's an HHA shoot. I'm not a hundred percent sure but we've been pretty much consistent like ever over the last i've been in lacrosse since 2016 and this is the first time actually going to the event and okay. i think it was like two or three years ago i first found out about the r100 and uh, i actually was because i sat down with travis ragstead that's uh arrow puller if you guys want to go back and listen to that episode absolutely hilarious met a lot of his good friends he was there today too as well he was shooting each out like a Oh, a 591 or something like that. It's just smokes. something impressive. But he's very consistent in the archery, so he's very good at it. He's very natural at the whole aspect of it. And uh, he's the one that has the dangler case. And it was good catching up with him. So I gave him a place to stay if the weather gets too nasty for him out there because he's only sleeping in a tent. <laughs> that's, that's, that's awesome. That, that gets exciting. That's, yeah, that's an adventure right there. It does. And he <laughs> splashed in a couple of kids. Yeah, he shot a 591. Yeah, that's what he told me. a 600. Yeah. Yeah, I make those guys look amazing with my shooting <laughs> next to them. Seriously, like seriously. 
Um, well, very cool. Yeah, yeah. If they're in a tent, it's, it's, it got real exciting real fast for them pretty quick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's 100%. It, it, it definitely threw a loop for him. Yeah. He, he texted me last night. It's like because he had something that upset his stomach, and it was probably it was pretty much a hamburger and hot dog water at one of the uh, uh, restaurants in Sparta that, will, that shall be nameless. And poor guy, he's like texting, like, hey, what time are you shooting tomorrow? Like, what shoot? What are you, what are you shooting tomorrow? Or where, which course you're shooting and such? And he's like, mailman. I'm pooping right now, so it's like I will let you know. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. it was an emergency. That's that's rough. That's rough. Today is not. You don't want to have a sick stomach on days like this. No, because you're out there quite a ways. I mean, I mean, the the Sparta rod and gun and the R100. And I've, I've shot this video a few times. They do a fantastic job with their course. Very well laid out. Very very specific. Nice course. Not over you know exerted as far as um, your your fitness level goes. And they put blue house. We call them blue houses. I don't know what y'all call them. But they put blue houses out there periodically, you know, for emergency situations yes. like that. So, yeah, yeah. So, do, would they end up shooting the safari side or they shoot the uh, – he, he shot the safari side with his oh, group man. and his kids. 591. Yeah. I'm a little jealous. Yeah, I'll chew, man. I, this weekend has been a roller coaster for me because it's yeah. been a it, – there's a story with it because over, over – since I got my strings redone last spring – I had no idea that my draw length was 27 and a half inches. You are not 27 and a half inches. No, I had no idea it was that far off. Right, right, and the right. worst part was you, you drop over 150 bucks, and they give you back the bow with a less draw weight than you came in at. Huh. And I didn't recognize it because, like, you know, you build a trust. Mm-hmm. And you, you expect it. You have a high expectation for it. And all of a sudden, you get it back. And, yeah, it's, it's an end short. And it's like I didn't realize it because it's – you know, I felt good. It felt natural. It, but then it's like, as the day progressed and I got more fatigued and, and trying to force something that wasn't natural. And that's when things really, really shined. And that's when I found out when I went down to sticks and stones last weekend, when I found that, that your draw length is way too short. Cause Tyson saw, he saw that I was crunched in. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing about a small pro shop or, or, or a buddy that really is into the sport of archery. He can actually point those things out without coming across as I know everything type deal. I try to run a very fine line of, hey, this is what you need to do because maybe I'm not right all the time. I know if my wife is listening, you know, she, that was, she's, yeah, she's <laughs> never heard me say that before in my life. Um, but, you know, like, like little things like, you know, like, like the grip or the execution or, or anchor points, you know, little things like that. I'm not that guy, even though I own a small pro shop, I'm not that guy just to jump in and say, okay, this is how you need to do things. Because um, you, you could have hundreds, thousands of shots one way and be very, very good at, at uh, punching, you know, punching the 10 ring or the 12 ring or ethically harvesting animals. And, and who am I to say that that is right or wrong? Now, if somebody were to come to me and say, hey, dude, I, I, I need, do you have any tips or tricks or something? That opens the door for me to be able to say, I think, I think this is something you can work on or this is what my experiences has taught me to show you. And, and you, as far as like this, this R100, you have actually had a rodeo this whole trip. Oh yes. You punch and foam on on every target except for that one. Yeah, um, right at the very like beginning. The first, first one, or first yeah. or second one. Um, you you are the struggle bus the whole way. The cool thing that I've learned about you this week and shooting with you at the R100 was you you did not get so frustrated and flustered like a lot of folks do in the and you know shooting bow that it you you, it, you stayed outside of the mindset you know you didn't get mad you didn't you didn't get upset you know like oh this sucks type deal mm-hmm. um which is very cool that's hard to do like like i have good days and bad days and sometimes i get so frustrated man i beat myself i'm going to keep myself out of the x because i'm more thinking about the miss as opposed to the hit 
you know, but so you, you stayed, you stayed in front of that the whole time. We made some adjustments today on the fly folks. Like we, oh, we waited, yeah. we waited for large targets. What was it? Was it, a, was it the Buffalo that we adjusted on? It was the Buffalo. It was so the we bison. waited for yeah. the large target to adjust his sights on, um, cause he was consistent one side. So we made some adjustments there had him take a couple of shots. And then the rest of the day, no, there was one more adjustment after that. We, we brought everything down a touch. We did. And then, and then the, the rest of the day, the next, the next 10 targets or so, whatever it was. I went through, I went five for, or well, I went four for four for 12s. Yeah. After we made that, that micro dust and bring, bringing yeah. the housing down just one tick. That's awesome. Yeah. It was, it was very on the fly type aspect. Yeah. And so I think now it's like, I don't have to worry about it. The only thing is like, I'll, I pretty much I'm going to have to continue, continue shooting my, Carbon Express Maxima Red SDs, and not try to go back to my 250 spine Maxima Reds. Yeah, yeah, you're going to get different different spines. You're going to going to fly, you know. Because I have to pretty much go. We have to go backwards to get to there where where I was at. So it's like, well, you know, that's that's the joy of not reading the package when you bid on it. It's <laughs> <laughs> got a good deal. Yeah. Oh, I did. I did. I got a heck of a deal. I mean, dozen arrows for. $113 and all the proceeds went to a, a fantastic cause for HJ USA. Oh, so yeah. I can't, I can't argue. I can't complain about it. So was that on his, was that on his silent auctions? Yes. Okay. Yes. So uh, wait, I got to tell you about these silent auctions. Um, we picked up a pair of lacrosse boots oh, for my wife, um, like 400 gram Thensolate lacrosse boots, fantastic boots at, at, I don't even remember what the price was like 60 some dollars. It was sick. Like and and your arrows at 113. So they have these silent auctions at these HHA USA events that that, that people donate to it, and and it's you know if it's a silent auction, you just write down you write down the price, you write down you know uh, your name uh, and stuff like that, and and you know you can see what the last bid was to be able to get there. And they got a lot of really cool stuff. They got everything from bows to boots, man. Yes, it's, it's some pretty cool stuff. I got my uh, my 10 inch stabilizer, my front my front bar from there. I thought that was a heck of a deal. I mean, I spent to the the MSRP is a hundred and twenty, and I got it for seventy. And but all that money went back to that. And I would I would have gladly would have paid full price for it just yeah. because I knew all that money was going to go to the yeah. Honor Flight. Yeah, absolutely, it's good stuff. So the Honor Flights, if you don't know what the Honor Flight is, uh, look into that. That's that's pretty fantastic. What Chris Ham is doing with the HHA USA is just it's it's freaking awesome. I mean, yes. it's just fantastic. So. He's do, he is just crushing it with the whole aspect yeah. of it. He's been doing it for six years, three years under the HHA USA mod, uh, yeah. Mod, mod, or, yeah, well, the, the whole the umbrella of that. And now next year, he's got some big plans. And nothing's finalized, so not going to make any – not going to tell anything. But he was really gracious of providing us some really good information. Like, next year is going to be off the hook. Yeah, it, it's, it went kind of went to that next level for him. Yes. You know, I, and I, that's, oh, it's what, what he, he wanted to do in, awesome. in the first place. But, you know, 501c3 is, is a – Pain in the butt to go national. Yeah. Yeah. And he's uh he, he's he's a cool dude too. So he was nice enough to let me beat him and score this week. <laughs> so that was awful nice. Thanks, Chris, if you're listening. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he we we shot pretty well. You shot fantastic yesterday. Thank you. Uh it was not five ninety one. I need bigger arrows, man. <laughs> I need I need to run some twenty sevens down there. Oh man, those <laughs> the ones you're shooting right now, how big are those? So PS twenty three. Um, I, I shoot the Black Eagle uh, uh, arrows. Um, I've really, really been liking those. I've been putting flex fletch on the backside, uh, F F one eighty sevens, FFP one eighty seven fletchings, um, with a with a GTO knock on the back, and they've just they have they have really really just been flying good for me. Um, even even for five spot when I'm running five spot, man. I mean I'm punching fifty five X's with those. 
That's I mean, impressive. It's just, yeah, dude, it's 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 really been it's really been flying well for me. So I have a lot of trust, and of course, confidence. The mental the mental confidence of my setup um, is huge, you know, in any shooter. Um, but so that that arrow, I mean, it saved me some twelves. <laughs> it kept me from some eights, you know. Yes. And, um, I didn't punch a nickel all weekend long. Um, but it was, it has been those, those, those PS 23s, that switches 2364s, you know, yeah, that, I, they're just, just awesome era. I couldn't believe that I was that, that Bobcat, I can't remember what that was 21 or 22. Yeah. And I center punched that through the 12 and we all saw it hit. We yeah. all saw the, the target move. It's like, well, where did it go? Cause like we, we, I hit it. I hit it right on the money. Come to find out as we walk up to it, I center punched it. Did a complete pass through and then went back another five yards. Yeah. I had no idea I'd be able to pull something like that off, and, and this is all after all those minor adjustments. Yeah, and it was just really cool because like we we're all looking for it. The, the nice thing is the the, the guy, the, the pair behind us, one of them was shooting two hundred fours. I told him if you punch that twelve, you expect to pass through. I never did see him again to find out what had happened to him on yeah. that shot. I never ordered did I did ask because we had an opportunity to. Chew, I think it was the the bear and the what was it? The elk or the mule deer? We, we, we tried, we did two back to back where we had an opportunity to jump the next one up and we just, that kind of set the pace to get ahead of them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. They were pretty nice guys too. Oh, it was fun. Yeah, the, especially fun. him trying to take that shot at the cricket or the, the grasshopper. Cause that grasshopper yeah. was big. I mean, you, you could, it was probably like we were, we were shooting at 33 yards and you'll yeah. be able to, you were able to see him. He was probably, I swear, I think he's right around a, a half dollar size. So, so on the target, um, you know, when, when you're calling out shots, if you're the first one up to the post or the peg or, or depending on how y'all do it, um, I was the first one to the post on that one. And, and Jeff and I were, we, our range finders read pretty close to the same thing. So he'd range it and I'd range it. So I told him 33 yards. Um, and he's like, okay, so where, where's the 12 ring? I said, okay, it's between that foam that's sticking out at the top left and, the, and uh, this crease on there. Well, I didn't realize it, but that that what I thought was foam was a was a giant grasshopper on yeah, the it was side monstrous. Of the it was big, and so I, I threw a PS twenty three down range. I I think I got well, we'll call it a twelve. Yeah, uh, nobody knows. <laughs> yeah. I, I did pretty good on the target. Well, grasshopper never moved. Well, I, when I got to the side and those holy smokes, that's a that's a freaking grasshopper. So we're sitting there talking, and I, did you shoot yet, or did that next guy shoot behind us? I think it was the guy behind us wanted to try it. Yeah, because uh, yeah, because I, I was. I draw like two or three times, and oh, I had so much lactic acid build up. I need, I need to take a break. Walked that's away. That's right. He came back. He shot. And I shot it. Yeah. 10. So I told him. I told him to do. There's a grasshopper down. There. I'll give you 20 points if you can smoke that grasshopper down mm-hmm. there. You know. And he's like, Okay, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I'm gonna try it. <laughs> I bet you dollars to donuts. He wasn't no more than than a sixteenth or a thirty second away from that grasshopper. It was so close. Oh, it and was. He was. I think he was shooting a, a small diameter, two o four. No, no, that he was shooting regular. He was, was shooting two forty-five damage. Yeah, he was, yeah. Shooting, okay. he was shooting regular. The other guy, the other gentleman, he was the younger gentleman with him that's going to Alcotton. Yep, he was shooting two hundred four like I was. Oh, I, I honestly, if he shot like that at every target, you know, with that kind of determination or focus, I, that guy'd be punching twelves all day long because that grasshopper was was a big grasshopper. It was thirty-three yards, mm-hmm. and he got so dang close to that sucker. I was, yeah, I was pretty, I was pretty impressed. I almost lost twenty points. Yeah, I believe he wasn't shooting a magnifier either. He was just, I think he still had really good eyesight to be able to pull that off. Yeah, yeah, he did okay. I was impressed. It was, it was pretty neat to watch. I enjoyed yeah. it. I enjoyed it. But I mean, I just, 
I love watching the arrow hit hit where it should hit. You know. Yeah. Because for those that well, I'm going to give you a little breakdown, what's been going on with my bow here. So yeah. some of you guys are going to do a face palm because like why are you, why are you doing this in an R100 and trying to get your <laughs> bow all tuned in and dialed in? So yesterday we shot the the safari half of yeah. it, yeah. and that and I shot a 402 out of 600. So it's like it wasn't horrible. No. Uh, even with having a couple of zeros and, and a bunch of fives. What I had changed for him is I went from a 27 to a 20 and a half inch. I had to re get re have trained my muscles to actually get that full draw back out, get yeah. it, and I put a kisser button on there. Then I decided to go with the 6X, which was a good investment. I do, I had a shout out to uh, Sticks and Stone Archery in Denver, Iowa for actually having those in stock. It was all because there was a mistake in shipping where he, instead of getting 4Xs, I got a, he got some six X's in. What? Yeah, it was all because it was the only reason why wow. that I actually was able to get him. He didn't have the peak for me, which is or didn't have a clarifier lens. Okay, strong enough for it. Well, that's okay. Well, so got all that taken care of, and then I go to, and it's like, well, I knew that maybe I can go to a couple of archery shops around here, maybe I can get it, get my draw length extended, but that that didn't work out. But I was able to get a one clarifier with a five thirty seconds aperture seal for it to hold that okay. thing into place. And then I switched the arrows on it to from a 250 spine for maximum reds to the SDs with a 204. Then on top of the two, I put uh, Tyson, the mad scientist he is, he ended up adding more weight to the back bar. So I'm ha- I have 14 ounces on the back bar and still to eight ounces <laughs> in the front one. So it's like now it's even heavier. Now let's 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 throw in um, the 6x magnifier. So it's like a, a, it, yeah. there's a lo- there's a whole yeah. tornado of stuff that was going on and plus trying to get my muscles to stop yeah. trying to to buck inwards you know yeah yeah with you, you forgot one thing on there with a sight tape for your old arrows yes so on each one yes. you had to add one to two yards depending on, on distance and what you were doing correct. you know and, and, and again that's all on the fly so you do all of this within sight it was a couple of weeks within with all no literally from saturday to saturday <laughs> all within seven days man Good, good. That's that's. And, uh, and on top of that, I had to beeline <laughs> out to Rochester on Thursday because the only place in a hundred mile radius that had the mods for my ex, for my elite. Because I thought you would, you'd be my yeah, savior, yeah, I, but you didn't have any, no, which is understandable. Yeah. And I called out, and Alicia made mention like, "Hey, you should call Shields." Call up Shields, and and like, and he stayed on the phone with me. He's digging through everything. And he had him in place. I'll be. And he's like, "This is awesome." And come to find out, it's the same guy that sold me my uh, Ghost Blind. So my my newest release, and I was telling these other there's two other dudes there telling like showing them my bow set up and stuff like that, talking to him, like giving Sean this massive head because it's like he was just because he treated me so well with respect That's and good. kindness good. and helping uh, do a really good deal because coming to find out shields will price match the manufacturer. So I actually I don't instead of paying like the three the full three fifty four hundred dollars for the ground blind for the ghost blind with the extenders and and, and the and the uh, carrying pack and everything else like that i walked out the door for less than like 310 dollars yeah because it's like they, they were willing to match the manufacturer's pricing because they don't the manufacturer they just directly to um the big box stores to the stores that carry the blinds okay, like, okay. but they're they're bigger enough they, they matched everything for it so it was amazing it saved so much money on it so yeah that's fantastic that's a good deal yeah it was so I, yeah. have you used the, the the ghost blind oh i do i you did do? Really? i did i used it several times i had my my most memorable experiences i was setting it was early october setting on a a, a travel corridor i was setting right back because it's like i thought they were going to come from this point where I've where I've seen them before, going from okay, right. private to public, 
Okay. And I'm just sitting there waiting for him. I'm, set, I'm sitting back, and I set behind, I set in front a massive oak tree or maple tree or whatever it was. It's just massive. Well, my roommate at the time, he was in a different field, and he saw something walking towards me. He didn't know exactly what it was. He just saw, he just had his range fire early. He's like, I see something walking by it. It's like, okay. all right. And all of a sudden, I start hearing the footsteps coming in, and it's this little basket, six. Okay. He gets within seven yards of the ghost blind. Oh, he close. sees himself. Why? In the ghost blind. He sees himself <laughs> in the mirror. That's awesome. And that was the beginning of a 50-minute situation. So from I've told the story several times on the podcast, but I haven't told you this. So he was there, and he, and he, he was like, something was off. He's like, freaked him out because he saw himself there. So he t- decides to go back. He decides to turn around, and he goes all the way about, does a 180 behind me, literally parallel. So it's like, are we losing behind the tree? I actually have video of it, too. It's like awesome. I trimmed it from like five minutes down to a, a minute 30 where I actually found him in service. So I was like, I'm sitting in front of the tree. I'm taking my front-facing camera so I can catch him. And he walks all the way back in front of me. And then, he does, and then it's like he sits there. And it's like this is all happening within a matter of 30 minutes, <laughs> this, whole, this whole ordeal. And he's sitting there. And it's like, okay, well, I don't see him. So he's, he's like, maybe I'm just trying to figure out like what's going on here. Don't yeah. recognize what's going on. So then he comes back around to the exact wow. same spot again, sees himself in the ground, but this time he jumps up over the thing and here he just snort wheezing, stomping, just making this big ruckus. I thought like, oh man, my hunt's done. I, it's like, he's going to go back in there. I, I have nothing on. We were only sitting maybe 45 minutes to dark, dark. Okay. I mean, it was like, it was completely black. And I was like, well, well I'm not going to blow this spot because it's obviously it's day one of the hunt. Oh. And it's, it, and so it's like, well, I'm, Beginning of the weekend, I should say, and I'm not going to because we we took Thursday, Friday off, and we're hunt Saturday, Sunday, and well, dr- well, you know, drive back Saturday, and uh, we decided to. I right, decided just to sit there and wait, and uh, next minute, no, not even five minutes later, he's 50 yards back on the opposite corner, coming back out, staring me down, but this time it's too far out. It was dark outside, and it was it was just not enough life to get a good sh- not enough light to get a shot. And oh. plus, he went by some branches and stuff like that, where I knew there was a fallen tree and there's random branches. So I was like, "This is not going to work." No, that is that's so, pretty yeah. intense. Yeah, that's danger close. Oh yeah, it it was definitely interesting. And then the guy that uh, the one the time I bought that though, he was there was another guy there telling me about like he had one, and he when he's telling me about his stories, he's like he's had turkeys. See themselves in the mirror and come and charge it with the the the, ta- the, the, the talons all up and stuff like just awesome. bucking at the uh, his ghost plane. Said it's, it's it's the most crazy thing that so, you'll ever experience. So if it was a hand to hand combat between you and the deer, who do you think would take it? Be honest. Uh well, I did have a side. I did have my knife uh-huh. on me, so and uh-huh. I did have a sidearm on me too. So okay. it's like I think it'd have been probably been an yeah. even match it'd as long as I didn't get close. get an antler to the gut. Yeah, yeah, it'd have been pretty close. Yeah, yeah. That's, that sounds pretty exciting. Yeah, definitely. I've never was. used one. I've never, I've never taken one out. I mean, I've used regular blinds and all, but I mean, I've never used a ghost blind. So that sounds in- interesting. Sounds it is. It is. It's. It's definitely a, a fun thing aspect of it because if you're bored like I do and you and you and you're on public land, you want to start bouncing around sure, and moving sure. stuff like that. And you, you've like so I have, I have three or four spots in the lacrosse area that I have scouted for over la- I've hunted the last three years. So I know when things are going to move out and stuff like that and change. Okay. And this and. So I like to pick it up. The first time I set it up, it took me roughly about 12 minutes. And then the second time, it took me about six minutes. And it, as, as I continue getting more and more used to it and figure out like how the weight distribution works and putting up – because I also I have also extenders on there too because I set in a full – in a full size chair. Okay. Because oh. like I have bad knees, I have a rough hip. I don't want to be shooting in a, in, a, in a quarter chair, trying to balance out the yeah. bottom cam, yeah. the sidebar, stuff like that. I want to be able to just to uh, be with ease. And it's like I've shot out of the, I've shot out of this 
practicing enough times where I'm pretty comfortable on how I need to position my knees and such to go from there. Well, you're out there for longevity too. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, it's not just a oh, half-hour yeah. stint. And I mean, I mean, we're we're a couple of older guys. I, I'm not like old guys, but yeah. we're older guys. We're we're, like we're in our forties, so it's like we, yeah, we definitely know our yeah. limits. Yeah, being on our knees for any sort of time, we're going to be on our knees for a long time because we won't be able to stand up. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, and, so and, and, yeah, so I, I mean, think about taking a chair and stuff out there. I just kind of figured maybe you had like a log or someplace. You know, it's again, I've never used one. So you could do that too as well. But huh. the way they set up the pack, the their top spot right there is where you can actually put a tripod seat up there, and you can oh, actually oh, just oh, okay. tie it in there real good and tight. And you just walk through it. The great thing is, like, it makes it adds like an extra two inches on each side of your shoulder blades. And so, going through the brush, so it makes things a little bit difficult, but you have to really pay attention. So, that's where my scouting really played a role into yeah. it. Yep. And, and uh, when I shot my doe, though, I shot her out of a, out of a, a makeshift tree blind or tree stand. So, it's it just how it all works out. I just kind of happened to see a couple of branches and I can climb in here and worked out for me. But uh, yeah, it was definitely an experience of the whole thing. They'll never forget. It was, it was a lot of fun though. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And it's the best part is like, there was, there was, uh, there was one place where I was hunting in the morning, sat there until about 11 o'clock when they're like the edge is dead. Nothing was coming out, starting to get warm. Cause it was warm all, all season long and throughout October and even early November, still setting in the sixties and seventies and so on some days. So I'd move from different spots where I like, I knew where I'd move, move to a watering hole. And I oh. knew there's a trail coming to, so I moved up from that and kind of hoping to see where they would come in and see if huh. I was in the right intersection. I was far enough off. The wind was in my favor. Nothing showed up though, but it was, it was, it was nice to be able to fold everything in, take it, move it to another spot, set it up. And I, and it allows you, as you become more comfortable and confident with it, with your equipment, then you make a decision. Do I need to stake it or not? Yeah. And that's where it comes down. But you have huh. to be more mindful of flat ground. That is one thing that to, in order for you to be comfortable for a long set, you need to be co- aware of that, but also having a large tree behind you. So if something comes up behind you, you have that protection. So nobody's going to see you. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's smart. It's not, it's not reflective on both sides, right? No, just only the front. Cause that would be kind of silly. Yeah. It would make no sense yeah. to do that on both sides. Right. Again, obviously I've, I've never really used one. Yeah, I have uh-huh. sit in the garage. I can bust it out for you and fold it out for you and, and show you and demonstrate how it all sets and stuff. And, and so you have an understanding of how quickly it is huh. to, to manipulate. Yeah, so you're going to run it again this year? Oh, yeah. Have oh. you ever harvested anything out of it? Not yet. No, not, not yet. yet. So I've I had a lot. This year was probably my best year for encounters for bucks and stuff yeah. like that because I probably had seven or eight bucks that come through my area. And I had two of them, three of them setting. Or, oh, no, I've had two of them. Setting it well in the in the ground blind. My, my first one was a basket eight. Well, actually, was a nice eight. He's probably like four or five and a half, 30 yards broadside, but he was coming through a, a heavy thicket. And, then, and it's like I only, I only saw maybe yeah. a 44-ounce cup size area, and it's like there's no way I'm going to stitch something no. in there. No. And he, he I watched him go about another 140 yards, up, and then he, then he comes in. He just walks right out in the middle of the field right there, and he's like, "Man, it's just beautiful." But he's 130 yards out. There's no way I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to draw yeah. back. And that's that's outside shoot. your effective range. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. But by the time, but that's that's so far away. Yeah. He could hear that string jump and jump the string, and all of a sudden my arrow's just going right over the top of him. Yeah. Or, or, or into an empty area. So it's like, no. But it was it was a fun experience. That was I saw him in early September, and then October I saw the basket six, and then after that I just kind of I be on public land. Now since well a couple of years ago, Governor Walker allows people to leave their tree stands up there. So 
everyone, I will, there are a couple times where I got bored and there was no activity or it's like it was after post rut. And so it's been hit hunted pretty hard. Oh, okay. So I'm going through, I was like, well, there's a tree stand there. Bookmark that tree stand there. Bookmark that. So I just oh. kind of bounce around. Oh, that's not a bad move. Yeah. And it's and you can't get angry with anybody if they leave them out there because it's like you left it on public land, so it's like yeah. you left it out there. You knew the risk of doing it, yeah. and I never, I've never had an issue with it because I only, I'm a, there's only very few of us hunt it, and then I'm the one that hunts it throughout September and in October. So when it comes down to the rut, that's when it's like that's when everybody's in the area, and yeah. there's usually four or five people, and you can see the trucks and stuff like that. Not it's it's only eighty acres, but there's only a few spots where you can park a truck at, and and it's all in bluff. So it's like you're pretty much setting into a bowl, then you have to walk up. Well, that doesn't sound like fun at all. No, that's why I've been really hammering the gym to be able to do yeah. this and working at a high steep incline and on the treadmill. Yeah, you've been working on that pretty good. I've been seeing, seeing posts and stuff like that come through. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah it's, that's good. it's one of those things where I needed to make changes for my life and I wanted to be a better person. And then like when you hit your 40s and such like that, you still got 20 years of working potentially. Yeah. And you're more susceptible of getting a, a, a debil- disability yeah. before getting a, something done definitely is going to change your entire life. Yeah. You will you will know how out of shape you are dragging a deer out of the woods. Oh yes, sir. There's something about that. Is gravity? There's a lot of gravity. Yeah, yeah, there is. Rough. And then especially when you really pay attention to how how uh, clean you make sure you you pull out the gut pile and stuff like yeah. that, how much you try to remove all the extra weight and stuff like that. Yeah. The good news with me, the, the, what the mic shooting ability, I, I don't have a lot of problems there. Most of the time, I'm letting stuff go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I did a couple times last year. Did you do? Were you able to get on one last year? Well, I'm going to answer that by by doing this. I I shot a doe uh, last year. It was the first time I shot an animal with a bow on land um, in ten years. So really? That, that, yeah, that's my that's how good of a hunter I am. You know, <laughs> just so not good. I need a bigger arrow. <laughs> um, and and uh, and then I did shoot at a nice four by four, an eight pointer. Um, but I, I, I could tell you exactly what happened, why I missed that deer. Um, I expected him to come into my right. So I drew back in my, in my window and it was, everything was working out fine, except deer don't play by the same rules. They don't, they don't, they don't understand that they just need to just, there's so much involved. And so he keeps coming to the right. I draw back. I'm ready to go anchor point, get settled. I know exactly where it's going to make. It's going to happen. This deer is going home with me. Right? Well, he stops right at the tree like deer do. And then he goes back and then starts coming to now would be to my left. Well, crap. So I stayed drawn and I turned in my tree stand to, to position my body for the next shot. I, I didn't, I didn't establish a good anchor point. Okay. So now he's actually coming a little bit closer. So now I'm shooting down and I did not establish a good anchor point again. So when I came in and, and I, and I tried executing the shot, I put it, I pushed it hard left and a little bit high because I, I anticipated it and it just, everything was felt wrong. I'm a very methodical shooter. I'm 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 okay at shooting a bow. I'm just, I'm very methodical. But when I'm outside of that that process, that one, two, three, four steps, one, two, step three, I, I'm it's man, it's it's all just it's a rodeo. So that's why I end up missing that. You know, I didn't shoot a buck last year because I I just didn't do it. Now I don't have a lot of experience shooting critters with a bow. I I don't know why. I'm just not good at it. And so the, some of the reason is I don't hunt Wisconsin very much. You know, I'm, I'm from out west. I have a hard time sitting in tree stands. It's just a little different for me. Um, and then, and you know, of course, life. But um, so yeah, I, I, I just bought eighty acres um, last year, the beginning of last year, the year before. Yeah. Um, and my congratulations. wife and I, yeah, dude, it, it's yeah. Um, we started to put food plots in there. My wife is just now starting to hunt, so I'm I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited about that. Um, I think she's legit ex- excited about it. 
Like mm-hmm. she's starting to see, which excites me because this is, it's what I like to do. I love the outdoors. I love shooting bows, you know. So I now I have this ability to show my passion and what I have always enjoyed doing to for my wife. You know, that kind of a deal. Yeah. So um, now, now she, she, you know what's going to happen, dude. She's going to smoke a big deer, and I'm never going to live it down. You running cams out there yet? Yeah. Yeah, we got stuff. Yeah. Do, um, do you have anything notable out there yet? Nothing Nothing that makes me go, ooh, ah. Yeah. Nothing yet. Be a, it'd be a good first buck or first shooter for like Alicia or, or Becky? Yeah. Yeah. So she, my wife harvested her first, uh, her first deer ever last year. Um, with a uh, with a crossbow. crossbow yes, I yes. remember seeing that. Yeah, but we actually called him the Fawns because the way his little, his antlers came, you know, you like the Fawns. Hey, hey. And uh, and uh, well, she wanted she let him go a few times. She liked enjoyed watching everything, but then one day he came in and she just had an itchy trigger finger, I guess. Uh, let, let it let, let it fly. Let, let it him, rip. Let him have it, and uh, you know, I got that phone call, man, and she was pretty jacked. She was pretty excited, you know. That so, is that is that is pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, it was, it, dude, it was awesome. Like just and we we tracked that thing. Uh, it was it, we had a snowstorm. We're looking for blood, and, and she's. I mean, it was the, she really got the whole experience of everything on that. So it was a lot of fun, man. We enjoyed. It. So this year we got her slightly different crossbow, um, something that she can handle a little easier. Um, she's not a big gal, you know, so she mm-hmm. she can't handle something heavy um, by herself. But it's it's a ten point. She can crank it. There's safety features to it that I absolutely stink and love. Yeah, ten um, point is really really stepped dude, in the game for this, the amount of safety year, things they yeah, have. If you haven't checked out the new ten points this line with their decock stuff. Uh, they, they really did a great job, you know, and I little plug out the 10 point there, but I mean, they really did a good job. Like seriously. Um, so we end up getting her something that, that it, like if her hand slips off the, the, the rail or the, the crank, it's not going to smoke her, you know, and that, that was a big, a big concern for me. Cause she, you know, she's, she's always cold. So she's always wearing gloves, you know, that yes. kind of a deal. So, um, I did have a legit concern that she would slip off and, and then we'd have an issue, but. Good thing. Good thing. Good thing. You have a dealership license so you can get something a little bit better. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I know a guy. <laughs> right. That's, that's how it goes. Well, I've actually, uh, we've upgraded throughout the years and we've, uh, a uh, couple years ago, she, my wife used to work at Gander Outdoors and oh. she, and we both bought each other. She bought, uh, we got some um, heated socks, game changer, by the way, but we also add in the, um, as a, as a, just a, a CYA, a hot pad or hot, or hot hands. We go with the hot hands one because that was, will get you the nine hours oh. and you, you have to pay attention to those expiration dates because they don't work after the expiration dates. They yeah, really don't. You will be disappointed. Oh yeah. And then also then last year I got myself a heated vest and I got mm-hmm. one. that's a five zone, five heated zone, ran me like 110, 120 bucks for it and stuff like that. And it's, it's reason why I got it is that the sides, you can actually bring them in or bring them out depending on how, how big you are. Oh, and it's and I wore it quite a few times this past year, and it's like, and I would only go out there with a undershirt, the vest, and a hoodie. That's all I ran, and I was running that all the way up until into uh, uh, right during the rut. Had no issues with it. The only downside is like it traps so much heat, you you will start to sweat. Oh, yeah, it's and and it has a rechargeable battery pack for it. And it also has an additional USB into it, so this way you can charge your phone off of it. But I, oh, I, awesome. I have a separate unit for that because I'm okay. not going to do, I'm not going to run the risk of getting cold and having that happen. Right. But then what? What <laughs> we with that though? It's like it's definitely been nice. Now this year is going to be a different ball game because Alicia's been shooting and she's becoming a shark. She's becoming much more confident. We we increased her her poundage last time two pounds. So today she shot. Two pounds heavier. 44, I think she yes, told me. Yeah, yeah, 44. And now she feels confident she wants to go to 46. Good. 
And so that's what we're thinking about doing this. Well, we may not do it tomorrow, but we may, we'll be doing it though, just to kind of do it off. We may go to the, like the target range and have her fill yeah. a few errors just to make sure she's comfortable with it because I don't want her to be uncomfortable drawing her bow back. Cause we, 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 you saw me go through it with relearning to getting my muscles to be fully extended and, and compressed and such. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you had that, you were, you were at 27 and a half before and you shot, you know, hundreds of shots that way, we'll say. Yes. And, and, and your brain goes, I know what we're doing and, and this is how it should feel. Well, now you're, you're, um, ex- stretching yourself out. Can you hand me some rabbit hole or actually you talk, I'll grab myself oh, some rabbit okay. hole. And yeah, it'd probably be better. Your arms are longer than mine. Um, so, <laughs> um, so, so you're at 28 and a half now, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And, uh, so at that 28 and a half. You're you're wanting to settle back into that twenty-seven and a half, and of course your your bow you get past that let off and, and you know and it wants to go on you. So the the first actually quite a bit yesterday when you were shooting, uh, I noticed that you would you would get into your shot, you would start settling, you would start your execution, and then it seemed like you would buck a little bit. So you would actually draw like three or four times almost before you actually got an arrow off. And a lot of that has to do with your brain going, okay, this is how our body, our shoulders, our arms, our our you know this the checklist. And then, and then, uh, so today you actually, what I noticed, you, you were at 28 and a half, you settled a lot more. You knew that, you know, you shoot your elbow, the, the, the position of your back elbow, you shot nice and proud, you were standing tall, you know, and you stayed, you stayed into your, your, your back wall stronger, better, you know, like you weren't, you weren't pulling hard through it, but, but it was solid. And that's what I noticed today. So you just seemed a lot more comfortable in that arena. I did. The having that uh, shooting 50 targets and going through all that really, uh, stressed out those muscles and i think i think by doing that i I felt like it broke some habits it opened up some some blood flow back into those areas and stuff like and like you mentioned earlier i did not get myself upset because i knew all the things and plus i had you with it and it kind of coached me through some stuff so this way i stayed out of my head and that's what you need to do when you're making all these massive changes i don't have a big ego i don't have a bravado that i need to prove to myself because Chris doesn't care. We're all out there to have fun. Nobody's out there to try to pick on anybody for shooting fives or, or missing. We're all out there just trying to be, just enjoy the moment. Like this is our golf, but with just more, with more (laughs) testosterone type scenario. And that's our whole focus was the whole thing, but having everybody to kind of like give me the support and some of that and and paying attention. And then everybody catching me on shot number 48, where I almost dry fired my bow. Yes. Oh man. I was so exhausted. I was so tired. Yes. Yeah, then it's like you guys call because it's like I had my release connected to my T loop, yep. but I was, I was about ready to draw back, and everybody chimed in and looked at it. And like when I was recording, everybody like James and Chaz and Chris and yourself, I made like recording. I always actually looked at the arrow to make yep. sure, like, hey, your arrow's in there and stuff like because yep. we don't want to have a David Garrett scenario where where he dry fires his bow. Yeah, that's not that's uh, not the, good. The Indiana Windage. Go read that. Go listen to that podcast because that was with. Dave, Gary, Jeremiah Hale, uh, along with um, oh Tyson and Kayla. So it was a four. It was a five person podcast. What? Yeah. That's awesome. We recorded for like two and a half hours, three Holy hours, cats. and then we because we went all out to eat, and we all went back to our hotel because Tyson or Alicia and Kayla talked, found the hotel, had a pool. So all the girls were out there uh, swimming and stuff like that, and having a blast, and and they were all doing their own thing, and so it worked out for all of us. So it's like, why not do all this? Granted, it was it was like eight miles out of their way, but it was well worth it because then we were able to get everybody on it. And I think David Garrett is actually going to pull the trigger 
on starting a podcast because he is Chris Farley. It's like you, if he hits his right octaves, you can hear that Chris Farley is so animated, <laughs> absolutely hilarious. I'm looking looking forward to listening to his podcast when he does it. And I, I told him, it's like, you have any questions, you just let me know. That's awesome. And I, and I really emphasize like audacity just because it's a great learning stepping stone because there's a lot of tutorials out there to walk you through it. Cool. Cool. I want to go back to he dry fired his bow. <laughs> so it, it must have been so when, when you're shooting with five guys we were laughing at every every target and having such a great time i'll tell you it's the first time i've ever seen uh, or heard a t-rex being uh, referred to as a bow derrick oh <laughs> <laughs> you, oh you know funny. who you are <laughs> yes that was funny with chris oh Man, it was, was absolutely great. entertaining but but you get you get into this you step up to the post it's your time to shoot you're you're having a good time with your friends uh-huh. you're, you're you're distracted maybe somebody asked you a question about something and and you forget one pretty essential step you know and that's load the bow um and and uh, and, and that I think at target forty eight we were talking you were up on the stake and I think that you some I think somebody asked you a question. And you missed that one step. You, you put your release on there, and I watched it. You put your release on there, brought your bow up. You were, you were just over a quarter draw. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then all, everybody started yelling at you. you yes. Know? You know, I thought about tackling you, but, you know, I wasn't sure if that was safe. So. <laughs> that that would have um, been a little painful because that, 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 <laughs> uh, the, the ground is quite littered with a lot of cedar points, a lot yeah. of those, those little cedar uh, needles. Well, I, I, I thought it would be more for – because, you know, we're, we're in our 40s. It would be a hard time to kill. <laughs> and it would look really weird if somebody walked by and there's two dudes wrestling on the ground. Oh, there. man. It's like, but, no, don't worry. I'll just protect you from dry yeah, partners. Bow, so nothing weird. bow, man. Yeah. So. yeah, except you fucked up my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, so, yeah, we, we, all, we all yelled at you about, about just letting down. And, and mm-hmm. that always concerns me, too, because sometimes when people let down at a certain point, they can they can hit that trigger on accident too, you know. So. We ran into that with Sophie today. She was letting down. Well, she correct. hit the trigger. You know, yep. it's and it, it's it. Luckily, she had for those who are listening, she had taken her bow, pointed down yeah. towards the ground, so that arrow was only going towards the ground. Nobody was to her left. All of us were to her right. You were right. behind her, and we just kind of walked through. We and it's like it's we've all been there. We've all done it on accident, especially in the beginning. And we just kind of encourage her because she's not. And we were our whole idea is to to encourage her. Yeah positive reinforcement keeping that motivation high and just allowing her to be fun and i think coming to a big event like this and seeing all these people and being participating and being around kids because we shot it with shara we were that's when you and i first met and i met uh becky and liz ann and and, uh troy tony tony oh tony i knew it started with a t yeah vets fighting for vets yeah yes and we all got to see that we all sat down and did a podcast there but that's where that's where we took her that was one of that was our very first hj shoot and we had a simple recurve for her but it it was too short for her so at the end of it i gave that particular recurve to seth because he's starting his 501c and he's been still working on a name, and we spent some time going back and forth, Alicia and I, because he wants to do something with regarding elms, just because of the the significance of that particular wood and the acronym for it. And he's just trying to play around because he doesn't want to. Cool. He doesn't want to have like when you hear the name, oh, it's only archery only. He wants to encompass everything that's around the outdoors, like canoes and hunting and fishing and all that fun stuff. And so, what what better way? for a young person to have the bow to yeah. just to start practicing on because it's like he's i really respect his mission yeah he's got a good thing going i think so and especially like how he's 
brought Jackson underneath his wing, and Jackson's just this is a great kid. We we, we shot with him at we Toma. Shot with him, yeah, yeah. He yeah. his he got. Did you did you hear the? Did you see the story about him? Like he, them going to HHA and HHA sticking setting up a whole bow for him because uh, at Washara that same exact weekend. Really, he had no idea, but Seth bit on a bow, a mission bow, and he won it. Well, I'll be. And they he and they Chris and Jake were all in on it. And he had no idea what was going on at HJ. They set him up that. with a site. They set him up with a rest. They set him. They set him all up with that stuff. Like, because he's he's going through some stuff, and I think the influence that he's had with all of us around him and providing him that his almost an extended family is going to set him up to keep him out of his head and such. Yeah. And he's like, I got pictures of him. He's just, he's just a hoot. He's just, a, he's just a funny kid. And he's got this dry sense of humor, and especially <laughs> when he's picking on Landon or Emmy, it's just great. Huh? Yeah, he's That's awesome. He, yeah, he's just, he's got this whole motif of being a, a hardworking kid wearing uh, cowboy boots and jeans, walking up with Shar Hills. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I would not do that. No, yeah, I. He's no. like all hats off to you, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those kids are fun to shoot with. I didn't. I didn't know that Sophia was there. Uh, with Shara. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We had her up there for that, and we uh, we got a hotel room and such. So yeah, it was it was a very. Uh, very eventful weekend. I'm even getting spider or goosebumps thinking about it because how everything transpired, even with the rain, it's like Chad was there, Mike was there, uh, uh, what was it Ross was there, like any and Doc was there too as well. Tyson and Kayla were there. It was just, it was just, uh, it was a shoot to be at because yeah, everybody was there. Awesome. It was just a fantastic weekend. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm learning a lot about these HHA events and some of the folks that are getting there. It, it's pretty it's pretty awesome. It's really awesome. Huh. Yeah, so so when she was letting down today and how how old is Sophia? If you don't nine. She's, she's nine. nine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um obviously she doesn't have a lot of archery experience. This is a big event. It was hot today. I mean I mean what do you what did it? It was eighty seven. Yeah, Yesterday long. was ninety seven. We were out when we when you was and it, I left really? my external temperature on my car was ninety seven degrees. Yeah, that's uh, I have no idea what the heat index was. Huh. Yeah. Wow. So so she draws back and she didn't feel comfortable on the shot. So she shows she, she goes to let down. When she lets down, she's letting down and brings her bow down, and then inadvertently hits the trigger. You mm-hmm. know, I mean that's just inexperience, to be honest with you. Yes. She knew that she wasn't having a good shot, so she so she pulled out of the shot. Which, which honestly, at nine years old, to to for someone to draw back and go, okay, this isn't gonna, this isn't right, and to let down, I think is fantastic. That's a mm-hmm. tough thing to do. You know. I so. think I feel that she's she's seen me do it enough times. At least you do it. I don't think you ever let down after you drew back. But uh, it's like only once yeah. the whole weekend so far. But yeah. seeing seeing people do that and they recognize a yeah. situation where they don't want to force a shot because I always went. I'm, I'm I'm not sure if there's probably some people that say they share the same sentiment. Like you don't want to develop bad habits, and it's like and that's where you can develop target panic. Yeah. Or trying to overthink the shot. Yeah. So I, I had it explained to me one time, and and it just kind of it kind of held true, and it is something that I actually bring up in the shop when I'm working with somebody. Don't give your brain permission to shoot a bad shot. You know, I mean, it, the, the, once you hit that trigger and you know, it's it, that's it. You, you have accepted that as your shot, you know, and, and once you get back and, and again, you can develop, you can, I mean, it really can go down rabbit trails. I mean, I, I've never really had TP target panic. Um, but, but I know some folks who've had it and, and it's, it sounds like a freaking rodeo. Oh, it's, it's nightmare. Cause like, well, Chris has target panic. Cause he had, has that yeah, had, 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 but yeah. he has this, this, this one of a kind oh, it's, it's, release. Yeah. Um, 
Seth Baranowski has it. Uh, there's a lot of people that shoot a lot of target and spots. They have a they have it too as well. Yeah. Especially when they have the, those who they have the the back tension releases. Typically, if I've developed target panic of some at some point, isn't that weird? Huh? Yeah. I mean, like really, it it it, it isn't it is a neat study to me. Like like it's a really neat psychology aspect of the archery shot, the the mental blockage or or what that is. Um, but yeah, so I I mean I've shot I've shot back tension i've shot t handles for a long time again I, I for whatever reason i've never ever really got into it now i do run two releases when i'm shooting i have and you can attest to this yes. i have one release that's set hot i mean i'm talking make you sure blow you blow on it it goes <laughs> off you make sure you want it because when you touch it it's gonna go um and the other one is actually set a little bit heavier than that one and i have those two because there are times where i get antsy uh, I, I get worked up on a target i and and i let down and I put on a different release, reset my mind, reset everything, and I shoot a different, I shoot a different release, something that's a little bit hot, heavier. So when I'm shooting, I'm drawn back and getting into my shot, I can put a little bit of pressure on there and that antsiness or that, that um, anticipation or whatever that is that I get periodically, and then I can execute a good clean shot and put, put that arrow very close to where it needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I run two arrows. And that's, just, that's just something that I've, I've kind of found that helps me a lot. Um, I've got one, and it's a Scott Apex, and I just recently got it within two months, mm-hmm. and I absolutely stink and love that release, man. Gosh, that thing and I were getting along pretty good. Yeah, I got experience. I got the chance. My first time experiencing a Carter release, and oh. it was my first time ever shooting that 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 two hundred level uh, uh, release. I really enjoyed it. I thought it felt really good. It felt very clean in the hand. The anchor point was a little different, but then again, it was still. At the twenty-seven and release, half. right? Oh, so, sure. yeah. Okay. So this is bef- this is was shooting with my uh, my elite, not my expedition. Because gotcha. my expedition was twenty-nine, but it's like it was, um, my knuckles are all the way back in my juggler, and it's like, well, they really recommend having that bone-on-bone contact because this way, then you're able to secure. You just kind of ingrains yeah. that feeling in your knuckles. Yeah. The only downside, like having a beard, it does fuck with me, especially if I have because um, if it might get sweaty or if it's really humid outside, then yeah. you add sp- had it, the the. Uh, the sweat into it can really play a role in that aspect because towards the end there, like we're only at target uh, 26, 27, yep. trying to get that spot in there. It's like, where are you at? Yeah, no, absolutely. Which, which, I mean, that's paramount to a good execution of your shot. You know, consistency, you know, consistency is the key in archery. Mm-hmm. What, what we do on the execution of the shot, you know, the result is where the arrow hits downrange. Correct. Um, but I forgot what I was going to say with that, with that release aspect. Oh, the Carter. I was going yeah, go to go back to yeah. my very first T handle. Uh, I shot, it was a Carter 3D 2000. I still have that. No kidding. It, it's one of my favorite, favorite releases. Absolutely just love it. It's 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 straight. It doesn't have the, the ergonomics of the new releases and stuff that we have. It doesn't have the options. I'll send you a picture, dude. Okay. Um, it's a it's just a straight release. And, and, and honestly, it's still, it is very crisp. It's very clean, very consistent release as it was when I first bought it. I'm confident that it is, you know. So yeah, I, I do. I love Carter releases; they're fantastic. Mm. Yep. And on top of that, too, you also have the the know how to maintain and can maintain the the quality of the release over the years, and to yeah. to make sure that it just if you were to sell it or to give it to somebody else for to try it out, you knew you're gonna be they're gonna have a quality yeah. item in their hand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I would have I have a hard time um, sometimes when I see people coming through the shop that want to that want to be better archers with less than great equipment. Um, I have a hard time because I know I, I do. I remember growing up with struggles. I mean, we didn't have half the stuff that we have now as far as technology goes. And, and if I see somebody that I can help out in a certain way, especially youth, man, I mean, if I can help a, a youth out, uh, I'm all over mm-hmm. it. Um, 
but some of these, some of the stuff, it, it is hindering and it is creating poor shots and inconsistency. And guess what? You're not going to enjoy the sport of archery. Yes. So that if, is very if, true. Oh, and, and it's I, like I, buying a high point in, in the pistol. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and, 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 right. And expecting SIG or Glock or, you know, top yes. end, light, you know, Kimber. Um, actions, but no, but, but at the end of the day, if, if you have that mental confidence inside your equipment, you, you, you're going to know that you're a better shot. Thus, therefore you're going to want to participate better at it. We do things that we're good at. You know I mean? If, if you're, if you're a physical fitness guy, if you're good at pushups, you're probably going to do more pushups than running because we're not good at running. You know what I mean? Or if you're a good runner, you're probably not going to do a lot of the, you know, the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so like this, if you, if you struggle in the sport of archery or if you have a buddy that you shoot with who has a little better equipment and he's always smoking you all the time, chances are you're, gonna, you're not going to quite enjoy the sport as much. Or worse, you're going to continue on the sport, but you're going to have all of these bad habits. You're going to have all of these, 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 uh, these hindrances on you in the back of your mind. It's, it's not going to help you out at the end of the day. Correct. You know what I mean? And this, this draws back to an experience that I had 20 years ago. I was still in high school and I was – bowling quite competitively i got to got invited to tournaments because you had to hit had to hit x amount of pins and and i just and i had a really good bowling coach and i bowled with his kids and one of the things he told me is because when i get in my head like i like developing target panic with art with bowling you you have specific boards you got to hit and if you and in order to hit your boards because you when you you get it's when you get to get in the 12s it's like getting a strike but when you're bowling, you you have to try to hit specific boards because you when you buy a ball, it's catered to you and your style, and it, and it's like and you really have to sit down with somebody that knows how to bowl because they need to look at how your shoulder rotates, how you place your hips, how you bring the ball down, and and how you hmm. come back and you release. And so when I would get in my head in some of these tournaments, or when I would get it, or we're just or we're just practicing on a Saturday morning, it says bull dumb. What and then he, and he's like the way and he broke it down. He's like, I want you to go out there and forget everything you're doing. Just I want you to look at the pins. Don't look at the boards. Just just do your do your shot sequence or your roll sequence. Okay. And just throw it down there. And it's like, and you start throwing that. You start getting rid of that that mental anguish. And that's what I do. It's like I, I shoot stupid or bowl stupid stuff like that. <laughs> and that's and it's like now it's not necessarily PC, but you know this this was back when people this is still one people didn't really too care about doing your feedings, you know, but it was just, it was the way to really set it into play. So one, once a shot, once a target's over with, I don't dwell on the previous target yeah. or the previous target behind. I just shoot the next target because my idea is when I shoot with 3d target is that, am I going to put on an ethical kill shot? That's, that's the first thing that goes in my mind. And it's like, this is, this is, I'm drawing back. I'm going through my shot cycle and I want to release. I got to at least put it in. Am I going to put it in the lungs or the heart? Yeah. So when you're, when you're, we'll just say hypothetical, we're shooting five spot and, and you're running, you're, you're running, you're getting your third end, your fourth end, and you're still running good. And you put one arrow bat, one bad arrow downrange. If you sit there and dwell on that one bad arrow inside your mind, you, you have that envision or you have that picture of that arrow and where it's at. I mean, you can see it, you, you know, dang well, as soon as you shot it, most of the time it, that it's out and, and you missed it. Let's just say, let's just say it's high left of your, of your X-ring. If you hold that inside your envision, like if you hold that picture and you beat yourself up on that one shot, that which is not, you can't do nothing about it. It's over. But you think about that one bad shot, you're given in your brain, hey, bad shot. You know, this, so the next the potential following, you know, following is going to be bad shots. Would you like some uh, down the rabbit hole? I do actually. I'm, I'm a, well. Actually, no, I still have from the other stuff. What was the other stuff? Um, the other stuff. Perfect twelve. Yeah, there's proper twelve. Proper twelve. That's yeah, proper twelve is a 
whiskey that comes out of Ireland. It's Conor McGregor's whiskey. And I think, I believe he recently sold it, or he still owns it. I'm not 100% sure, so I'm not going to quote me on it. But uh, I really enjoy it because it's very well put together, yeah. and it's I'm almost done with that bottle just because of how good it, how flavorful it really is. And then uh, I have the next one that I want you to try. It's called, it's uh, uh, Rabbit Hole. It's, it's High, High, High Gold, and it's uh, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. 95 proof, so it, 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 it definitely makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside. But it's based out of uh, Louisville, Kentucky. It seems like pretty much any good thing comes out of, tux, out of Kentucky. Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I went to Louisville one time, and uh, where he's actually pouring this drink for me right now. All right, and this is called, again, one more time. Rabbit, rabbit hole. hole. So down the rabbit hole is the okay. theme of this whole thing. But, yeah, the, the bourbon consists of 70% corn. 25% malted rye and then 5% malted barley and never chilled, never chill uh, filter, filtered as it should be. So that's, that's where it comes into play. Yeah. It's, it's just a, a, and it's been around since 2012. It's got a nice rectangle bottle to it. Yeah. It, it's, and, it, and they have a whole series of them. They went at oh. Woodman's luckily for us here in Wisconsin, we have Woodman's and you can buy the entire se- series. Oh, Kind of like like collect the whole set. Yes, exactly, exactly. And then that's the best part about like when I bring people over, they want they want to try because I well I think I have twelve bottles of whiskeys, different whiskey yeah, you and bourbons. Nice, you got a nice set up there, yeah. Yeah, and it's like because one of my other podcasts, we actually do a whole segment talking about it, but it's 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 between Brady and I. We're we're in studio, so we can actually have the conversation. If I'm talking to somebody over Zoom, they're not going to have the same thing. I'm not I'm not going to tell them to go buy it, and sure. I'm not going to buy it for them. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. This is good stuff. It is. It's is very I, I, flavorful. I, I'm not much of a on the of the drinking side of things. I'm, um, but some of the, that proper twelve, I, I really enjoy that. I, that's something I can see myself sipping on. This this rabbit hole, I just had one sip of it. Um, it seems very pronounced on the on the front end, like right when you're first drinking it, and very smooth on the back end. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's pretty it's pretty good stuff. Now I don't know what makes a good whiskey. I, I mean, I'll tell you, it is so beyond me. I do enjoy a good cigar. Yes, that's yeah. we do have in. Well, the, I don't know if you remember. We had, it's Goodfellows. It's downtown Lacrosse. It's still around. It's been around for quite a few quite a few years, and, and they they still have it down there. They have a humidor, and you can walk in there too as well. And you can you can buy cigars there. You can get your miles, your darks, your turbos, all that fun stuff. I like a good cigar too. I haven't had one. In, I actually haven't had a cigar. Probably shoot five, six years, oh, seven that's, years. That's it's, no good. it's been a while since I've had a good cigar. Yeah, that's no good. Yeah, there's there's still actually in Omaha, there is a I can't remember the name of the bar. Actually, I actually have the matchbox for it, but it's it's one of the only places where you can it has a bar upstairs and you go downstairs to the humidor and then the 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 humidorist or however you want to refer to the person, they'll ask you questions like, Do you like a mild smoke? Do you like a heavy smoke? Do you like a turbo? And like do you what kind of flavors do you like? The person really does a good job of asking yeah. and what what you are, but you can have you can smoke and drink still in Nebraska, which is quite rare. Because yeah. the, the only other place I'm able to pull that off is in Florida. Oh. Where you can actually ha- have a drink and have a cigar or a cigarette or whatever you're whatever you're yeah but only the two because i don't think it's legal yet in in florida to smoke weed outside but yeah you can have that opportunity to go down there and it's a really cool bar and one we were there this was 20 let's see 2014 i happened to have a chance to meet brett cullen now he is his couple of big roles was in batman returns as the mayor he was also the replacements as the kicker. He's been in a bunch of other movies too, and a bunch of TV shows. So it's like once you see him, 
oh, it's that guy. Oh, yeah. It's that guy. He's a B actor, but he's in all the A-list movies. Huh. It's just, it's just, he's just a really good – and I, I watched him, his progression go from – Sober to really shit face. Yeah. It was hilarious, <laughs> and he, he was very nice. He's like anybody that came up and talked to him and shook his hands with. They were all. He was very cordial with them, even as the night progressed and stuff. And a buddy of mine that was there. He's now married. He lives up in Duluth and such. And he was there was this milf just hitting on him, just constantly hitting <laughs> on him. It's like there's myself that was single, or no, I was with, with my ex at the time, and then my buddy was with me who was single too. And she would always go to him, just just constantly hitting on him. It's great. We just give him so much. We just we, we give him we give him a, a nice razzing. Good and and honestly, that's that's what's needed. You got to do that. Oh yeah, and the guy is extremely talented when it comes down to photography. Like his oh. his stuff is really really good. I I tell him to keep trying to encourage him to to set his photography up as an NFT. So this way, then it's like you buy that one of one print, and then the cool thing is like the way that the, the programming of that particular image works is that anytime it's always sold, you can set it for seven and a half or ten percent. But every time that image is sold, you get a piece of that pie. Really, right off the cut, you get right off the top because it's, you're the original creator. By doing that, actually puts the control back to the artist, where they can actually make money instead of having these these horrible 360 deals, where the, the uh, recording studios will pay for everything, where they get a piece of every single aspect. So when we grew up, when we we're going through the 80s, through the 80s, 90s, and, and the early 2000s, a lot of those guys, most of them, made their money through touring because they barely made maybe what a quarter off an album sales, right and that's albums, it. Right, right. And so with and then, then Spotify came, or was it uh, Napster came out? Then iTunes, or then uh, what is it? Uh, LimeWire came out, and all Lime this Wire. file, all this file sharing stuff came yeah. through. Now we have Spotify and and SoundCloud and such, and now they don't get anything. They don't get any money like that, but. Doing that now, you're able to actually now own that license to do for your own music or if you're a photographer or a, a painter, right. you so, can be able to do that stuff. So the NFT is for a digital image, right? Yes. Okay. And okay. if you like, if you ever play video games and you get like a new skin in Call of Duty or you get a, a new new uh, setup for a race car or something like that, that's what that's basically an NFT. It's all that's all really is. It's just a different skin, but it's all digital. Oh, okay. Now, right now, the whole market's kind of tanked because, well, we we have well, we, we have really weak leadership right now, and we're we're, we're we're trying to move towards yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're we're moving towards digital currency, and it's like we're going. It's it's trying to de- deflate the fiat currency we currently have going on, yeah. and so. When it comes down to that whole world, it's, it has an opportunity for people to do that. Because I'm almost kind of seeing like, wait, let's say you're, uh, you want to sell a blueprint, and people want to buy it and instead of uh, like having to license it and stuff like that. You could now you can you could, you could that's how you could do it. You just you could huh. continue selling that blueprint until nobody wants to make that particular thing. But huh. if you it's it's a very unique aspect for it. It's still in its infancy stage, like I, like I was telling you earlier. Yeah, it is yeah. literally in the Atari stage. Yeah. In eight bit graphics, so we're we're still a ways off. But why people like uh, the, some of the shark some of the sharks on the Shark Tank? Okay, when they diversify their portfolio, they didn't look at the cryptocurrency as a currency. They were buy they're investing in the uh, blockchain, which is the software. That's what they're investing is the software aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, that's like what Kevin O'Leary that. is a big into really understands because he he founded a massive ins- a software company. Sold it for a couple of billion. I mean, he's he's very smart with his money, very very ruthless. But it's like he recognizes, like he's just had his scrapes and bumps and stuff like that. And he recognizes, like why he'll never loan, never never uh, loan money to family. Yeah. It'll, it'll always be a gift. 
and these are the strings attached to it type of scenario. He'll never loan money to, to friends and stuff like that. He just he just it just has the idea like being generous stuff like that, and then he then just getting slapped in the face. Like, well, that was a hard lesson learned. Can you imagine selling your business for a couple of billion dollars? Yeah, isn't that something? Isn't that That's insane? Amazing. Yeah. You know the archery course I would have if I had a couple of billion dollars. <laughs> so Reinhardt says this this sweet Cape Buffalo. Yes. And this life-size giraffe, folks. I'm mean, like a life-size giraffe. Like it's tall. Tall. Yeah. It, it's it's freaking awesome. Like it is it is so cool. It, those are the targets that I would have on my multi-billion dollar archery range. Right. And that's all we'd be doing all day long is just shooting our bows. Oh, that would be amazing. That would be fantastic. Yeah. And on top of it too, like I was looking at uh, Joe Rogan's app, the, te- the techno hunts, like the newest version is like thirty four grand, thirty four thousand dollars. Yeah, American. Yes. Yeah. Wow. USD. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is thirty four <laughs> grand, but it's so cool yeah. though, and you can Jeez. set it up in different types of hunts, stuff like that. And so it's it's quite the investment for it. But he has, a, well, he had that in in uh, California. I don't know if he. Re- re- when he when he moved to Texas, I don't know if he reestablished that or not. But do you know how nice I would be able to have that for just as for S and Gs? Yeah, yeah, just you know, just hanging out. There's a couple buddies coming over, and you know, and when we're done doing whatever, we'll just go downstairs and shoot in our techno range for thirty four thousand dollars. Yeah, that's no, awesome. That would just freaking be awesome. Yeah, and they do offer payment plans too as well if you want to do it because they, they do. Well, good, nice to have options. Yeah. So yeah. so like. The lacrosse archery here in town, they actually have a techno hunt too. Yeah. I'm not sure what version they have, yeah. but I'm sure they're they're either either a paid off or they're still making payments on it. Right. But it's fun though; it's an arcade for adults. Oh, it's, yeah, absolutely. It's it's just a slight variable to the sh- the, the ability to shoot your bow. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you got paper, you got 3D, you have techno. Um, you can go out and shoot it straight up in the air if you want to. Not advised. Not advised. Yes, but can do. Did, um, yeah, they, I've shot that system. So I used to actually work at lacrosse archery a long, long time ago. Okay. And, and and they had the, they had a dart system there. I don't know if it's the same system, and I haven't been there for a little while. Um, but I remember how much fun it was, you know, because you get the sound, you know, like the elk comes out, and you hear the you hear the river, you hear the birds, you hear the elk bugle and stuff like that, and it's it's like it's it just adds another whole other element to it, you know. Yeah. Um, and then actually, you know, you have to make sure you have the right shot, you know. And sometimes it actually won't give you a score if it's if it's not right, you know. So it's it's a pretty neat system. But for thirty fourth, imagine what that system is like. Yeah, no kidding. For the brand newest one, yeah. uh, we've Anthony was very generous to allow myself, Brian, Austin. We all did a, th- a, a, a podcast in there. I'm not sure if it was before or after one of the Beast Mode Archery games out there, and that was just a blast. That was just absolutely fun. He's a good dude. Yeah, Anthony is a good dude. He's yeah. he's really taking care of me. I've, I'm I'm always bragging about that shop. Always bragging about his 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 customer service. He, um, Eric, Seth, those guys, and they're they're they know their stuff. Like Eric has been kind of like my go to this this entire year. Like. Him and I have developed a really good relationship. He comes out to some of the HJ shoots and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just he just knows the stuff. And it's like I was telling, I actually complimented him on Thursday about it, and I told him it's like, man, it's like I, as I've progressed and diversifying my talents and stuff like that, I feel like I, I am losing my connection to archery because when I first started back in 2014, oh, 2015, I was just gung ho about learning learn all the nicks and crannies about it. But as of as of continue going forward become more and more comfortable with it but then i've also met some met people that that is their passion that is a life goal so now i don't go as in serious but now it's like well have a little bit more money i have a bigger place it's like it would be nice to actually get like a bovice of it but those are like 250 bucks yeah. they're expensive brand new and tyson made the the uh, say it's like well you can always go and get yourself a uh a bike vice 
and it, it, it's the same thing that you the way you, you it, it's a it's a three sixty pivot ball where you can move it and have receive fit, and you can put it on the brace of it all, and you can go from there for doing those fine tuning. Oh, but okay. it's just it's a good way to start out with, yeah. and then you can work it like let's say you need to get your x and y axis taken care of and such, and you put the little the little clip on to your ho- to your uh, whether you get the one that clips onto the string itself or the one that hooks, clicks, hooks onto the sights, this way you're making sure your everything's balanced and everything looks good and such. And so there's there's ways to ease yourself into it. Yeah, yeah. I think, I, and 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 honestly, I think teching your own gear is is the best way to really truly understand how your setup runs for you. Now that's tough because you know I I perform certain tasks and duties inside my shop, right? And 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 I, and I enjoy getting paid to do those jobs. And I enjoy doing those jobs, but I'm also a big fan of you need to know how to, to do certain performances, certain duties to your bow. If you want to progress in the sport Correct. So on above the weekend warrior, two weeks before bow season. Hey, I need to see if this thing still has a string on it. Ideal, <laughs> right. Um, but I think, I think a big thing is, is starting out fletching your own arrows. I think that's, that's, that's a, that's a good way to, to start dabbling. You know what I mean? And then, and then you can work on, you know, certain knots, make sure peep sight height is right. You know, make sure, make, make sure this, you know, um, that the, the, that when you tie a knot that it's going to hold, or maybe your own D loop. Dude, I, have you ever tried tying your own D loop? No. Uh, oh, it's a riot. I love watching people tie D loops. There, there's about 14 billion different ways to tie a, a knot. And you'll see it when someone tries tying their own D loop because for the first time, you know, after a while you get a pretty good knack for it, you know, but um, it just seems like it's, it, people struggle with it because, it, you know, there is a specific way to tie a D loop on your bow. I think things like that help you become a better archer because now you have a better understanding of your equipment, mm-hmm. a better understanding of, of your, your arrows and in setting your arrows up to your bow and stuff. And like what you said, getting something that you can, you can perform those tasks and duties on is a great way to do it. Or maybe you have a buddy that, you know, is independently wealthy enough to buy some of that <laughs> stuff. And you can just use his, you know? Um, but yeah, I think, I think, I think that kind of stuff is, is, uh, is a great way to become a better archer. You know, to be a better shot, a better understanding. Hundred percent. I've seen like the progression like with Ben Klausman from Sodak Horizons. Oh, yeah. Like he's been he like he started out exactly doing that, tying his own D loops, then then fletching his own arrows. And then then him and his wife were able to get a nice piece of property where they have a hundred yard range. Yeah. We're all the way out there. And I think that's a really allow somebody to really hone their craft is being able to test at twenty. 40, 60, 80, and 100 yards out there to really hone that all in. Yeah. And for myself, try to be able to dial that in. I don't have access to a 40-yard yeah. um, range. Silent Outdoors just close their doors down. Lacrosse Archery has a 30-yard range, but that's perfect for bow hunting. Yeah. But if you really want to learn how to tinker, that's like, well, you you go home, tinker, then you have to go someplace to shoot. Or yeah. or you, or you or if you have an opportunity like uh, Toma Warren's, Toma Warren's Sparta, or Toma Warren's uh, uh, Sportsman's Club, you have that option. But that's... 40 miles away yes, right, right, and right. so it's like you it's you gotta be it has to be convenient to to be able to do all that stuff and if you're going out there continually or if it's actually within your day-to-day where it's actually you can actually put that into your schedule and be able to do all that stuff like when i lived in uh stewartville in rochester i used to go to coyote creek all the time because i get off of work at four o'clock in the afternoon and run up to work because the run up there after work is four o'clock they close at eight and i'd be able to shoot and stuff like that had a real they have a really great um crew there and, I, and it's a 40-yard range, so it's like I'm, yeah. able, I'm able to launch them out that far. But I, at the time, I was living with my parents, didn't have any room to work with. Oh, look at that. What do you got? A tick. Where did you get a tick? 
I'm not sure. Couldn't, couldn't be from running around the woods today. Oh yeah, most likely. But you know, it's it, it's bound to happen. And I'm surprised he he made it. So I I can never go out in the woods without running in at least one tick. Yeah, I usually get poison ivy. It's horrible. I, I despise it actually. I can get poison ivy just looking at it in a magazine. So yeah, you're, you're lucky you saw that guy. Little parasite. Vampires. Oh yeah, they're absolutely horrible. Yeah. Yeah, they were bad this this year, and and uh, right now the uh, uh, horse flies and deer flies. You know, the horse flies are more horse than fly. Oh man, those things! Some suck. of them we saw yesterday with Chris and no, those guys dude, were I, huge. I actually, there was there was a couple I was actually looking for a twelve ring on them. <laughs> I was I was thinking, man, if that thing lands, we're gonna try to get a shot. You know, that's something wouldn't be too bad of an idea to actually go and uh, it'd be fun to actually be, make foam targets. There's a lot of cool stuff out there, dude. Yeah, to do that. There's there's a yeah. guy on Instagram that I follow. He makes zombie targets. Oh, that'd be awesome. I told him it's like, hey, you should you should make a zombie target of Joe Biden. I bet you'd sell out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I laugh because it's true. Yeah, oh. and, and the, you do the exact same thing for Trump too, as well. I'm yeah. sure it's all. Oh, but oh, hey, gosh, it's yeah. like you don't you don't have to necessarily be one side of the aisle or another. It's yeah. like hey, the, the the green does not care what political side of the aisle you're on. I agree with that. You know, it'd be just to be able to have access to do that. Like Reinhardt and Merle targets, yeah. all these guys have really honed their crafts. And they make some awesome targets. Dude, Reinhardt targets are amazing. Yes, they are. Their I, foam, is fan, foam is fantastic. There they are. I haven't shot any Merle, so I can't really compare and contrast between the two of them. Okay. But I find that it's like I, I it's I, all, I have a I have a Reinhardt eighteen and one target, yeah. so it works it works perfectly for me. And I also and then I have another turkey target. I'm not sure what manufacturer is. It's still sitting in the box. It's still in my garage. That's where turkey targets belong. In the those, box, those things own me. I, you know, it's like I've, I've once I get uh, when we have an opportunity, to actually bust out of the box and start shooting yeah. it. You yeah. know, from there, and that's what uh, Leash and I were talking about. Literally on the way home. From our 100 day, we're trying to figure like because we're seeing some really nice properties around on, on sure. going 16, going to West Salem there, and we're looking at like, well, these some of these places look really nice. It's like the only way, only reason why I'd buy something is like less there's land associated with, or we just buy some land and to be able to establish our own gun range. I told us like, do you know, cool would be to actually have like a barn dominium where it's just like, or you build a big old shed, yeah, run with electricity, but back in a fifth wheeler, fifth wheel, have a have, uh, have a pull through. A pull, a pull oh, bar, yeah. sure. and just put a really nice fifth wheel in there. Yeah, and just and then then it's like your your property taxes are ridiculously cheap. You're not using a whole lot of electricity, and then on top of that too, it's like you have a this massive barn. So it's like, hey, guess what? That yeah. forty that the thirty four thousand dollar techno hunting thing is pretty reasonable <laughs> right now, doesn't it? <laughs> you have a place for it. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly that's right. right. And those oh, pole yeah. barns are not that expensive. And then you, if you live in a, a community that have the Amish to throw it up real fast because yeah. you know they're going to do it right. They're going to get it done within within a matter of days yeah. instead of hiring – I hate to say it, but like if you're not Amish, it's like it's going to take you a while to get it all done. Yeah. So have you ever have you ever shot five spot or Vegas targets? No, I haven't. I've, I've done that with like just target practices and stuff yeah. like that, but that's it. Yeah, did it irritate you? No. I Well, I go into it just to like kind of – balance out i focus on a yeah. technical aspect of it like working on my muscle structure but also when i'm at full draw like trying to strengthen that 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 uh my, my uh hand that holds the brace so this way i'm trying to trying to get those muscles yeah. to instead of going like this where it's where it sets a little bit more comfortable see i think i think five spot in vegas targets will make you a better 3d shooter um once people slow down and try to put a uh an arrow in the x especially with a vegas target I, I think that, that it forces the shooter to slow down a little bit and, and execute the shot better. A lot of the times we get kind of antsy, and I'm like, okay, dude, slow down. Target's not going anywhere. 
mm-hmm. execute the right shot. Anyway, the reason I ask is 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 um, I'm I am really contemplating wanting to go out to the Rushmore Rumble this year. Um, I don't know what's going to happen or not. Um, that's that's South actually, Dakota. Oh, that's in Mount Rushmore. Yeah, okay, it's actually it's actually in uh, I want to say it's in Yankton, guys. I want to say it's in Yankton, South Dakota. Well, that's that's just south of uh, Sioux Falls, then. Yes, yes, correct. Yeah, because that's yeah. where that's where Expedition it's Archer a, was originally from. A big Easton complex. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yep. Yeah, because Easton has their complex there, but also that's where Expedition yeah. is. And then uh, Kurt Heddington and, and his business partner they bought Expedition and they moved it with like three or four truckloads, so semi loads, yeah. and brought it from there all the way to Decor. Have you had a chance to go to that? You I've should. It's there. it's no. pretty cool. Uh, Expedition is is a great one because what I like. about why? Well, one, I'm a I'm supporting Tizen, but B, they actually have a limited lifetime warranty on their limbs. And they're the only company on the market that does that. Really? Yes, and they have great customer service for them. And uh, let's and they're sometimes they're even willing to sometimes you have an opportunity. Let's say you're you're shooting sixty limbs or sixty five limbs, and sometimes they, they don't have them in stock. And it's like, guess what? You just got upgraded to seventy. Really? Yeah. They, they, they do. I should, I should touch base with them just see if he'd be interested in advertising on the app. Yeah, you should. Um, I, I got you, room. Yeah, Kurt Hennington is a very personal guy. It's like uh, I would reach out to if, – if I was in your shoes, I would, add, I would either do Tyson to create the introduction or or even – well, do it from either Tyson or uh, from uh, from Chris because those guys have they're they're oh, been yeah. giving money back and forth. They're all on the same board. I've had them on my podcast. I lost actually lost the episode. But I feel that those guys would provide the right recommendation to yeah. to go through. It's like because yeah. that I still think that that'd be a great way to do it. You know, Especially it's it's Midwest bow. Yeah, it, it it's it's so weird. Uh, if anybody that knows me knows that I'm not a guy that should be creating an app for archery. <laughs> this this truly is this app has been developed. It it is truly out of the passion for the sport of archery, man. You know, it really truly is. Um, it, it is, and I talked to some folks today on the course and just had explained it to them. And every time I explained it to them, I just got excited about it. And that is, it, a, that is a good win right there. Dude, it's, it's designed to get shooters to events. If you, if you like shooting 3ds, if you like shooting events, if you like pro shops, mm-hmm. that's what this thing is designed for. And, and what I, what I, what I enjoy about it is, is exactly what Reinhardt provided for us this weekend, man. The ability for guys like us, gals, gals that we, we take with us. Of course, tomorrow we're gonna have a bunch of people shooting with us. To get together and just shoot and enjoy this freaking sport, mm-hmm. you know, the, and and I'm a little biased, maybe Jeff, maybe <laughs> I think bit. I think it's the best damn sport out there. I truly because it, it's a me sport. It's a me sport, meaning I'm the one that has to execute the shot. There's no quarterback. There's no wide receiver. There's no there's no pitcher. There's no catcher. It's a me thing. I have to be able to think that this arrow with this release with this bow, blah 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 blah. That's what I need to do, and now I have to be able to execute that shot. Correct. That, and that's what I enjoy about this sport so much. But the camaraderie that we've been having this the past couple of days of folks talking and gibbering. And you see it when you go there for lunch. You see people talking and laughing, having a good time. And I'm sure they probably, maybe they know each other. Maybe they don't know each other. Maybe they shot next to each other, you know, through the and whole course. Yeah, like we did with and, some of the yeah, guys from and, yesterday and, and today. Dude, we, we developed, I would, I would say we developed a pretty good relationship with the folks shooting right behind us, mm-hmm. laughing, having a good time at every freaking target. It's just, oh, yeah. it's just a riot, man. I like, and like when I see Al at the shoots, it's like, Al. yeah, yeah. I, I just light, light, light up because like Al's such a good dude, and he's on the, he's got the same mentality about meat hunting and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like he says, if I'm meat hunting, I will bring a gun. It all depends on like what animal he's going after. If he's going after deer, if he's going after turkey. Okay. We, him and I were talking after because the Toma Warren shoot was before my hunting season for turkey. Never, never got anything to squawk at me or anything like that. And it was, <laughs> it was a rough, it was a rough year. Yeah. And but he was saying that he was talking about how he 
changes his whole perspective because he, he knows what's going on because he works in cranberry uh, bay, uh, bayous and stuff like that and he didn't have to deal with the diesel prices and the gas prices and he knows what's going on so like he's got he's wow. really established he's really put things into perspective or, or not put things into perspective but he put things into a in motion for him and his family to succeed when the meat prices go through the roof mm-hmm. or diesel prices go through the gas prices yeah. or having having that food because having that food storage is is really what's going on. He really encompasses the outdoorsman mindset of it. It's like he doesn't care what the rack is. He doesn't care how big the turkey is. He wants to put that in his freezer. He's there for a reason. Yeah. And that's the reason. Yeah, that's it exactly is, it right. It isn't trophy hunting. It's, it's, it's there to feed family or, feed, yeah. you know, for food. Huh. Yeah. And that's, that's – I never talked to him about that. Yeah. We, we had – we had we've, well, I've seen him so many times. We had some really good conversations, especially like the this the last uh, Tomo Warren shoot was – I think it was Sunday. We were sitting in there just BS and, and we're and then I was – I think it was just – I don't know if it was just me or what was all what all went on, but it's just like letting – listening to him talk and finding out more about him and stuff like that. I still don't want to get him on the podcast because he just – rather just sit back and just chill and listen oh. and he's gonna get he's gonna get a kick out of this portion right here because we're talking about al yeah. and yeah it, it, he's just i really appreciate his insight and he was telling me like what i should do is a site in and put my 40 pin in my in my uh um peep line those up and sight in at 40 using those right there and then kind of work around it from there trying to Explain it to somebody else. I am not the person to break that down, nor do I have the talent to actually do that myself. And so I think what with everything that's transpired throughout these last two days has really put really established my confidence. Cause like you were saying, like you could see that I was trusting more in my equipment and trusting the shot process. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 I noticed that when you weren't getting frustrated on your shot. Mm-hmm. You know? And that and that's huge. That really is huge. So I wonder, I wonder if I can't try to help get Al on here, because uh, I've shot with him twice at the HHA USA Scrambles, mm-hmm. and, and I don't. It's weird. I'm starting to wonder if there isn't some sort of magic, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, like he and I are supposed to be. But for the the two times I've ever shot scrambles at the HHA USA events, he and I have been partnered. Yes, and we've always ended up at the bottom of the pile, but in the money shoot. <laughs> you know That's what true. I mean, and then That's true. And so it's and I get a kick out of it. He's he's a good dude. Mm-hmm. He's a good dude. I get a kick out of it. Well, at Toma Warren's, I because I, uh, Tyson and I were waiting for our our partners to come up, and I was like, I told Tyson, it's like I bet you and I are partners. And then Kayla comes like, no, you guys aren't partners, but we were we're only just a couple <laughs> lens apart. There's a lot of, like even the first time I met him or shot with him, like every time. We've we've been at the same shoot. We're always like one or two partners off. Oh, really? Yeah, we're always within a couple lanes of each other shooting. I don't think I've ever met him hand to hand. You know, like, like okay, you know, kind of a deal. Yeah, Tyson's Tyson's a good dude. I want to definitely introduce you to you because because he'd be a great because he's a great contact for Iowa. He he really promotes the sport in Iowa, yeah. especially cool. in Denver, Iowa, which is it's two and a half hours from here and stuff like that. So he was the idea was to come up here, but. With all everything that was going on throughout their their entire schedule, it just made sense to set this one out, which I completely understand. Because oh, yeah. granted, they didn't have any kids, but it was a good time for for Kayla because she was sick after they got back from from uh, Florida, and really to get things ready for the upcoming school year because she got a promotion. Oh. I think she's teaching first grade, I believe. Very cool. And so she wants to be prepared for whatever the kicks, kicks off because Iowa starts third week of august i believe and so she needs to it's like we're it's 
crunch time is right now. So yeah. And then we also have uh, Tyson pitched me idea about having an all girls, all female panel, and talking about their experience with it, what got them into it, some hurdles they had to overcome. But it's just it's just it's just me being a wall on the fly or fly on the wall and just allowing all the ladies to talk because Kayla wants to be in it, at least wants to be in it, and it's, it, we're able to get all different types of perspectives. You'd, you'd be surprised that it's such a different perspective. Um, talking with Liz Ann. Uh, mm-hmm. from vets fighting for vets um she just talking with her candidly she she's got some some pretty interesting stories from that being a being a girl in the in the outdoor industry and stuff like that and it it sounds it's so different like like i don't get it you know i'm 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 totally 100 percent endorser i mean i think i think anything we can do to grow this sport keep the sport growing because um, we're always under attack and i say we i'm talking everything from archery to hunting yeah. to fishing to just getting your kayak out I, it, I, it just seems like we're always we're always being trying to be suppressed and whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And I can go a long time on that, but I talked about that last night about dealing with the uh, the 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 good work that the Sportsman Alliance does and what their whole yeah. goal is because they're always constantly at battle. They're the ones that fought to try to get uh, wolf season here, wolf season out there in Montana, and try to yeah. get stuff off the endangered species list and constantly just dealing with this constant badgering of the antis. But then again, it's yeah. like, when you look at the Agenda 21, what they're trying to do and pull us back off the land, because those who are self-sufficient are most likely not going to comply to being underneath the thumb of the New World Order, which right. Biden just happened to mention this year. Oh, Again, it's, it seems like every every four years, except for Trump, was the only one that didn't say it. But then again, it's like when you look at like Trump and Hillary Clinton or like cousins or something like that, second cousins, oh, they're, they're all interbred. They're all interbred, dating back to, oh, King George or something like that. I can't remember. The one we fought for our independence in 1776, back in the 1700s. Like they all somehow have some type of a connection to it all. You should run for president and just throw a monkey wrench in the whole thing. <laughs> they probably won't have it. I'll probably get Epstein before I got there. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was funnier than it should have been. Well, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. That's, that's a bad idea. Maybe we'll just go shoot our bows and have a good time. That's probably safer. Yeah, oh, 100%. But <laughs> you are right, though. I, well, I, when I had Liz on, that her episode's coming up here pretty soon as yeah. well. But I, when I had her on, it was, it was mostly focused about the 501c3, um, vets for what's, what's, what's vets fighting for vets. Vets fighting for vets. Yeah. Her whole entire company. Uh, we didn't talk about her um, her gym that she just opened up, which is awesome. Yeah. I'm, I, she's just a doer. She's just getting she after gets it. gets after it. And she? like her whole entire mission and, and following the faith that helped guide her decision through everything. It's just like I had nothing but admiration for her and, and her being into it. And, and she's and she's an attractive woman. And it's like I hate to see or hear about some of the stories that she had to go through to be where she's at. And, yeah. and it just the, the amount of misogyny that goes through. It's like yeah. I, it's right. The nice thing is that that old massage is starting to die off, and it's, yeah. we're, we're we're starting to see the younger people come in and seeing, especially with S three D A. Like I heard mm-hmm. Tice or uh, Chris talk to you about that mm-hmm. too as well. I think it's a fantastic idea to be able to get part of that big organization there to help put that on there. Because yeah. do you know how nice to be to get Sophia's age kids and they're nine years old all the way up to seventeen yeah. in there. When I was there, the S three D A last year. Um, from Dan Schroeder, he invited me up there, and it was just eye-opening the amount of participation and all the females that are there shooting, and it's just it's just really good to see. It's a good organization, and the and the, the amount of camaraderie they all had, and they yeah. were there were some of the top shooters in there, and 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 that in their age brackets because there's some that were hit perfect scores. It was just absolutely mind blowing and impressive, and the amount of family family support there, and hearing about cousins being supporting cousins and being on a team and such. It's like that is just eye opening. It's like I just love it. Yeah, 
it's 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 a good it's a good setup. I'd I'd love to be able to work with stuff like that better, mm-hmm. and and hopefully I can do that through you know through the the channels and avenues and the network stuff that I'm trying I'm trying to put together at this deal. Yeah. Um. You know, with the Toxin app, and uh, I just I just think I think if we can get that youth, we do seriously. Pre COVID, it's stuff in our area. We were we were we, our numbers were down as far as participation in these archery events. COVID hits, we get a shot in the arm. Oh, it was a, definitely a booster. Right. So we need we need to we need to keep because there were there were people who found archery again, who found archery for the first time, who who who's never never thought that shooting a bow would be something that they would enjoy. And now you know here they are enjoying the sport. If we we need to keep that interest out there, we need to keep the, the ability for that interest out there. If our clubs are losing members, they can't pay insurance, they can't buy new targets, they can't keep the land. Guess what? Now it's gone. Now you want to go shoot your bow with your daughter for a weekend. Those those venues are not there to shoot. Now it's not just 40 minutes, dude. Now we're looking at two hours just to go shoot your bow someplace to stretch out over that yard. Oh, yeah. It, you know, it's, I mean, seriously, it's, we really need to, and archery's, archery's a great, a great organ. I mean, it's a great sport with great people in it. And, and, and if we can keep these people, the next gen, people like, people like us, you know, we're 40 years old, that next gen down and the next gen down from there. Mm-hmm. The 20, the 30s, Sophia, the 10s, and the absolutely. 20s. Absolutely. Yeah. If we can get bows in their hand, keep them going, and, and, and show them how much fun this sport can be, that it can be done here, it can be done there. You can do it. You can go to a, a Reinhardt, you can go to an HHA USA, um, go to a local event, and have this fun every time. Yeah. Then, then, then guess what? Now we're going to have that participation, that rollover, you know, and that interest coming in. So I, I think if we, can, if we can continue to keep uh, these people into the sport and having fun with it and not lose that. And I think, I think our numbers might be, might be declining a little bit right now. I think I'd have to look back into that. But. I have no idea where we're currently setting at when it comes down to the whole aspect of, because we've, cause I was listening to Chris yesterday saying that we're, that we're down by 20 to 30 or 20 to 30 participants for some of these shoots. So like, cause now people are going back to work. They're going, they're making, they're, they're having two incomes again, doing all that fun stuff. And right. It's just maintaining and that that foot on the foot on the pedal, especially dealing with that twenty two to twenty six year old demographic because they're out of college, yeah. and they're and they're now they have real real adult experiences, yeah. and I think that's where we that's where a lot of uh, pressure needs to be applied in trying to get people back into it and showing them the fun that they have and yeah. such. And I think these like these these. R100 shoots, shooting events and the HJ events all around the country, the even the shield events that, that they, they put on, mm-hmm. those really is like once you take the competitive aspect out of it, and you just go out there and have fun. Yeah, absolutely. And if you shoot well, cool. Yeah. You know, and go from there. Cause there's like we there's there's people out there that win it, win them and stuff like that and they shoot really, really well. And it's it's just maintaining that focus on the fun. Focus on the fun. Right. I was hoping to have, so usually when I, when I have folks who are interested in shooting 3Ds, they've never shot a 3D and most of the time it's youth. Um, This year I actually had quite a few Amish guys that have never shot a 3D and they were really interested in going. Um, They end up, they call it a frolic where they all go over someplace and then they basically a barn raising. And, and uh, so they end up having a frolic the same weekend. So I had like, like eight of them that wanted to come down and shoot. And actually I got to the point where I talked to someone about a van to drive all of my Amish friends down here to be able to participate in, in the R100 because this R1, R100 shoot here, awesome targets, awesome atmosphere. And they, they, you do the front half, it comes back to the, to the uh, clubhouse. Mm-hmm. And then you can do the back half and it comes back to the clubhouse, right? Um, and then and you, on, both, on both ranges, awesome targets, awesome people, awesome venue. 
and it's a great shoot for those for those people to come and have a good time. Now they get to see uh, you know a couple hundred people shooting, enjoying this event. Plus they have the novelty shoots. You know, um, this one here tomorrow we're going to do this. They push you out on this little pond on a boat, and they have an <laughs> alligator and a baboon up on shore. Yes, and, and you have to shoot, and you have to get within a certain distance of of the. I think it's a lifesaver. You have to get within a certain distance of that lifesaver, or if you break it, you know whatever. But we're going to shoot from this boat anyway, not notwithstanding. I wanted to bring people down to this event specifically because it's it's a it's not an overly uh, up and down terrain type event. So now we we remove that aspect of it, and it's just a fun freaking shoot. A lot of laughs, a lot of good times, just like what we've been having this whole weekend here. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. So now if you can introduce those those new shooters into the oh hey God, that was a great time. Now I'm going to go to my local club. And I'm going to shoot a 3D there because it's completely different from what R100 is. Now I'm going to go to, to this local club. I mean, if we have that many around us and enjoy it there, you know, if we can get these people in, into the, into shooting these events, I think we have a higher probability of, but how do you, how do you market to that, man? How do you, how do you get these people to go to those events if they have no desire? Yeah. Or, or if they don't know about it too. If they don't know about it. Because yeah. last year, this year with Shara, the yeah. amount of Amish participation in those, both those events was mind blowing. I thought it was really cool because uh, I, seeing them all go there and especially getting – I think it comes down to putting signs in those churches. Really? Yeah. Because if you if you find the right Amish church, you put a sign on there, and if you're able to capture that youth and stuff like that, and you and you and like you just you just emphasize the fun, the excitement, the camaraderie. If you focus on the camaraderie of it all, and the the mental health or the biblical aspect of yeah. it, being outside, being closer to God, or being prepared for to preparing to putting like putting keywords on that like SEO search engine optimization, you put that on there, like that there, and you you emphasize on the connection, the spirituality of it, because I think that. Will allow them to create that bond to it, stuff like that, because you're gonna, because a lot of outdoors people all have a, sen- a, a sentimental connection to this, the Holy Spirit and having that uh, mental aspect of it where they really want to focus on their mental health. Because I know for me, I, I talked to Johnny Mulligan, Johnny Utah, uh, when we were with Shara and stuff like that, and we were talking about like how we really process death going through and being in the outdoors, and then Kurt uh, from the working class bow hunter. I mean, he recently lost his father too. And it's like, it's, no. it's, it's, in, it's, and you lost your brother too. Yeah, I mean, it's, year, it's, yeah. it's amazing how us going out there. It's like, it's our way of grieving, going through it, having that, that one-on-one conversation with the Holy father, the Holy spirit kind of gives us that, that um, well-roundedness and grounds us back into reality. Again, you like recognize their, their spiritual significance, but also uh, understanding that, uh, that, that we lost, such a, a important person that was gone too soon, or they they lived an amazing life. They're having this this um, hierarchy of lineage and this legacy and stuff like that. That's where it really comes and really really shows what kind of impact they've done in their life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think I think that the ability of getting folks out and, and shooting and experiencing it just a couple of times, I think I think will get them to, to stay. You know. I always hear, I hear it often. I I used to do it when I was younger, you know, why, why'd you stop? You know, and I mean, I do, I get it. People, careers, kids, blah, blah, blah. Lack of time. The list is, 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 is there. But so yeah, yeah, if you, if you, if you're listening to this podcast and and you need, you want to find some place, get back into your local club. Get, you know, start networking with those guys again and, and just shoot with those guys. Mm-hmm. They, they have, they're, they're a club for a reason. They have a shared interest and a shared passion, man. 
you know, it, it, archery will do a lot for you. And it's great for networking too. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the, the amount of doors that have opened because the opportunity that that just having the opportunity of Chris and I's paths to happen cross paths. Chris putting you and I yeah. together. Chris putting other. It's like it's but that eventually will change. It's like Jeremy put me in touch with this person. Jeff put me put in touch with this person. Ben put me in put like you know. Yeah. Al put me in put in touch this person here too it's like it's amazing how having that that networking is a way to go it's what we talked about last yesterday yep, right. we're about the well i think it was what chapter eight or nine we talk about masterminds mm-hmm. and developing a mastermind network yeah. is essentially what's all going on because you can be able to establish an amazing skill set and being able to network and putting people together it's pretty awesome stuff yeah, because it all—it's even even if you don't get anything on the, on that first initial meeting, but it it comes around in its own fashion. Yeah, there's a lot of good karma when when things work together. Yeah, well, and and you get to shoot your bow too. Yeah, you can shoot your bow. Let's just That's call that a part. win-win, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right, and you get to, you get to laugh. I. I'm, I love shooting with Mike because he's absolutely hilarious or always being around Mike because he's always has a good high spirit amongst him and he's always making people laugh around him. He's just got a, a very natural method of doing it, but giving back and, and him win, win, winning the straight and arrow, straight and narrow award here a couple of years ago and him just putting all this back into the community and such. It's, yeah. like it's, it's good to see those recognitions come through, you know, and like in having this whole thing with Kyle Mendiola and with Chris Ham putting this thing together. And yeah, like literally on yeah. the course yesterday. What's that? I mean, those guys were talking and trying to, trying to put some stuff together and, and, mm-hmm. and just through, through the ebb and flow of, of an archery shoot, they're here putting together. It, it, it sounds like, like it's just going to be an awesome event. Like yes, they're really, be. they're really getting some cool stuff put together. If they could just get the fine yeah. tuning oh, down. Yeah, but, but now they have the opportunity to sit there and talk, you know, face to face, you know, and, it's, and it's have a, a six-hour meeting essentially. Yeah, it's, it's essentially it really it was, was a six-hour six meeting. meeting. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, it really was, wasn't it? Let me think of how long we were there yesterday shooting. Oh yeah, we shot. We started. Uh, well, you and I got there before nine. Chris yeah. got there about nine twenty. I think we hit the course road ten. Yeah. And we we did the first half within three hours, and then we did or maybe two and a half. Yeah. Sat down for lunch for about fifteen to thirty minutes, maybe yeah. less than that, and then we finished everything up. We were you and I were d- we were done by about three thirty four ish. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah. Close to that. For five people, fifty targets. Yeah. We shot pretty well. Yeah, and and it, we, there were no backups or anything, so we. We literally, as soon as we were done, we got to go to the next, the next target. You know, there was no, there was no backups. Mm-hmm. We weren't waiting. There was nothing like that going on. Well, so. even today when we started the, the, the North American side of it, yeah. we didn't have much of a backup because everybody else started getting ahead of us. And then the people behind us were, were relaxed. So it's like there was, there was no sense of urgency to get through it, like yeah. trying to speed through it. Right. That's what I really liked about it. the people that really envious, like I, I shot with Tony can't remember his last name, but Tony owns you know those 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 yellow T bars where all the where your bow hangers land? Yeah. That's his company. Huh? And I shot with him and it's like his whole philosophy is like, we're here to shoot our bows. We're here to be in the now. We're here to have fun. And it's like and if your whole goal is to get here and shoot and then get out of here that's not the right purpose of it all. You know, it's kind of like those folks that uh, he was talking about his dad. He used to be part of a gun club. He would shoot tens or shoot like spot on. And he would go through it and say, like, he'd do his whole thing, all the whole shooting, maybe 15 minutes. But he'd spend the next three hours just talking to people. Oh, really? Yeah. That's all, yeah. that's, that's, that's what, it's, that's what it's all about. It's not about shooting your gun and leaving. It's about shooting your gun and having fun. Yeah. 
and finding out like well like for for the comparison like well what do you put for your grainage for your air, for your arrow what do you use for grainage for your your round stuff like that and what, do, what was the science behind it all the fun stuff because you can get very scientific with the whole process of it all oh gosh yeah oh absolutely yeah there's there's a there's a lot there's a lot to it you know, mm-hmm. and if you're a classic overthinker, archery is a great sport for you. If you, <laughs> if you, if you're a classic tinkerer, archery is a sport for you. I, I could tell you, like a lot of archers are guys that will shoot and we'll punch X's, but we're gonna mess with something. We got we got a couple clicks, one two clicks. You know, like we can't leave well enough alone most of the time. You know, it's just we're, we just we just it's a hands-on sport, man. So yeah, absolutely. Or you see this desired result, so I'm gonna start twinking. Teaking it, and then it's like all of a sudden, well, this is working for 40 yard shots, but no, I'm doing 20 yard yeah. shots. I'm, I did too much tinkering with it yeah. all. Uh oh. <laughs> now yeah. what? Oh, yeah. that's exactly the way to do it. It's like, I, would, I learned the same thing when I used to play paintball cons- consistently, doing the twink tinkering with the valve and stuff, like and how much CO2 we're pushing through it, or how much my FPS and such, yeah. instead of just focusing on consistency. Yeah. And that's like it's all round, all round thing is like it's it's having that consistency. So when you're when I used to play paintball and, and, and going to these events and shooting people and having a blast and like and honing my score because like I I've been playing paintball since 1997. That and that's a long stretch of time there. That's a long time. And now it's like I I, I used to play semi-auto and now I just strictly do pump just because I am that good. Not necessarily I'm that good of a player. Not anymore. I wouldn't say that because I haven't been consistently playing for like the last three years, four years because. I used to go up and play consistently and go to a charity event called uh, um, it was um, St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Well, they'd put on every year they'd put on a uh, charity event and it'd bring in six, seven hundred people and stuff Holy like that. Holy smokes. And I would go through and I'd probably shoot I don't know, probably 50, 60 people in the face. It was pretty good because it's just a one-shot <laughs> aspect of it all. But I also played really heavily throughout the years and consistently playing every once or twice a month based on how huh. much money I had to pay and when when I when I was when I was able to go out there but just honing my craft and being very skillful at it and learning patience and and tinkering and and working the ball the ball barrel match and and all that fun stuff and all that tinkering with all that aspect yeah. of it yeah. I it's just, it's a, it's just a lot of fun and it's like then then it's like you used to play at a play at a high level playing at a high rate of speed then I slow way down, and it's like now these people are. I, I just, I just, I can just basically wait for them to shoot themselves you on know, the pain, or they wait and they stop, and I just, I'm just sitting out there waiting, like, oh, there you are, pop, just, just get them right in the gox, because, because with with playing a, a or archery or doing the whole one shot one kill aspect of it all yeah. is that you're looking at the best possible outcome, and it's like, and you're waiting, you're being patient, or you're learning, because like I, I do, they do, do drills. Where it's called snap shooting. It's basically your you would you know the person are, are ways away, and you're basically your goal is to catch the other person off guard. And you're trying to get out there and try to shoot them once. Just you just roll around the target, shoot once, and hopefully hit them. Then you go back and forth, and and it, if you can figure out the pattern, because it's like yet having a mind, a mathematical mind, and with geography or not geography, but dealing with um, what's the word I'm looking for? Geometry. Dealing with geometry. Doing shot. Optics, shooting, getting the arc and stuff like learning, learning how to how your equipment, equipment works. Yeah. Yeah. Once you learn how your equipment performs optimally, then you tweak yourself. Yeah. That's when you start learning how to become more of a proficient person, and then that's where everything really comes into play. Yeah, well, they, they they say that about some of these top end athletes, man. Like, like the the sport actually slows down for them. Like like they're so good at what they've done, and and they've come to such an understanding. Um, in, in their education and experiences where they're just at the combination that has to be there, right? Mm-hmm. That, that the sport actually slows down for them 
and it doesn't matter, you know, what, what sport they're in, you know, like wide receivers or quarterbacks, you know, like just top end players. I, I, it blows my mind. Like the NFL is the, the best of the best, right? I mean, you're, I mean, the only way you're going to make it there is if you are freaking good. Yes. But these top end elite quarterbacks, top end elite wide receivers and running backs, the, the, the game is such a different level for somebody who's just come in. You know, they've done it for a couple of years. Now they have a little bit of experience in their, in, in their education and in, in their mind that the, they, they just like you, they just get to a point where they're like, I, I know what's going to happen. And I, this is what the, what it is. This is what's happening. I don't know if I'll ever get there in, in archery. You know, I honestly, I, I feel like I'm past my prime. I'm a pretty good shot. I just don't, you know, my eyes aren't as what they used to be. And, and you know, I don't have the, the stamina that I used to have. Honestly, most of the time I'm thinking about Chips Ahoy cookies while I'm on the course. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, yeah, so I, don't, I, get I don't know if I'll ever actually be at that level in this sport, like like the, the, the Dan McCarthy's mm-hmm. or the, the Levi Morgan's or anybody in that group, you know, that Bodie Turner, that, that phenom that's so young, you know. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever be at a level, Gaius Carter, that these guys are shooting at, that that the, the complete understanding of their, of their shot cycle, the complete understanding of their equipment, the complete understanding of, of the, the, what they have to perform at. It's easy for them to, to them. They're just shooting their bow to us. You know, the guys that pay attention, it's a, it's freaking amazing to punch that many X's. It's, it's mind blowing. I've tried it. I'm not that good, you know? <laughs> so it's just amazing to me that these top end competitors, top end guys that, that have so much dedication to their, to their, to their hobby really is what it is. Their hobby or well, career or whatever, call it what you will. Yes. Um, that, that they have now gotten to a certain point where they are so elite that, that it's just a different sport form. Unknown men's unknown pro at some of these events, they don't know the distance to the target and they're punching those 12s. What you and I have range finders, binoculars for. Oh, you the ones that I mean? the, Oh yeah. The ones that are able to just go up there. Yeah. They walk range up there it and just, Yep. Draw back and shoot. With, with, they just look at a target and they go, I, I think, and they have to be guessing within a yard. Within a yard, certain distances, certain targets, they go, okay, I think it's about that far. X ring is here. And then execute that shot. Blows my mind, man. That's mm-hmm. fan freaking tastic. It also comes down to training your eyes to recognize that sure. distance. That That's where it comes down to because. Before when I was when I first got into archery, I was working for a company that we did all fiberglass masks and fiberglass beams. That's they did all those those crossbars that you go when you drive down the highway and you see those crossbars. Mm. A lot of them, or there's only like a handful of companies actually make those. Oh, okay. and they have to build them up, but you 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 would actually become I've actually become very comfortable like recognizing 86 inches, 94 inches, 144 inches, right. and you translating that into feet and then into yards. And so this way, then it's like I, I would I, at my peak when I first started doing this, I'd be able to drop anywhere ever any arrow I wanted to go. Yeah. But now it's like as I've gotten older, the muscle mass is no longer because I'm not working out, I'm not doing, not firing all these muscles. Now I've had to get back into it. And then next on top of that too, my eyesight's not what it used to be too. Right. And I think that plays a big it role. It certainly does. And then, then when you talk to people that they say like, if you, they go too high of an X, then they start getting target panic because now they're getting too much information. Yeah. Now for me, I've switched to that 6X and I felt real comfortable. I could, I, I don't know if I want to go out to an 8X, but I tell you what though, it's like, I probably would feel pretty comfortable. It's like, but that's, that's if I know I'm going to be shooting, consistently shooting past 60 yards. Yeah. I've never shot with a magnifier on a 3D course. Yeah, it's. I, I don't know if I can run it, dude. Like legit, I, I honestly don't know if, if if I can if I can do it uh, because a it's I've never done it and it's it would be pretty new. I know I run a magnifier for for five spotter Vegas, but um, and honestly that the HHA site that I have on there that Tetra, yeah, I can actually put a lens kit in there. 
Correct. That's yeah, what so well, all of mine have. Flint that's what kits. you guys are running. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh all, yeah, all my stuff is I knew that. I dealt with those yeah. sites all day today. Uh, <laughs> I'm a genius too. In case, in case you don't know. Um, but yeah, I can I can put that lens kit in there and then and then just try it. See if I ever wanted to try it. But I I just don't know. It's it would be different for me. It, I could see that throwing a, a wrench into yeah. it, but you may you may like it, you may hate it. But you know, if you the nice thing is you work in a pro shop, so it's yeah. like you get a kit in there, run run a few targets through, and see what you think of it. And if you don't like it, and the upside is is if you do like it, and you really find a passion to it. Wisconsin allows you to use that for uh, when you're hunting. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yes. I I spent a long t- a lot of time. <laughs> On the computer, using keyword searches in the PDF document to making sure it's like, is this legal? Sure. There's nothing there that that says it's not illegal on there to use. Are you gonna hunt with yours? Oh yeah, really? oh yeah. I, I, Even a I'm, six I'm, power? No, oh, I'm, go, I'm gonna drop it down to a four X because four X. Okay. I'm only gonna shoot a, a white tail with deer within forty yards okay. because it, that, that's what I that's what, how I feel that's ethical to me, okay. and that's why I know my skill sets at. But I want I just gonna provide me that extra execution that. When I cinch that arrow through that that bread basket, I'm be, I'm gonna be very happy with how everything works with it. And a turkey, I probably use a six x. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. I don't oh. blame you with with a guillotine on there. Oh yeah, man, yeah. I, or a bulldog, whatever. whatever right. Ahead, I can mean. show you. I can show you the guillotines that uh, VIP put together. Man, those things are insane. I, I did see those. Oh, yeah, that's right. I showed, I showed yeah. them to you back in May. Yeah, 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 those, yeah. those things are sick. Yeah, they're definitely yeah, they're awesome. once one twenty, once one fifty, one seventy five grains for those arrows, stuff like that. I never, I never did get the chance to use. Use the 175, but I I did knock it. I, well, I never did a have a sh- uh, shot opportunity to use the 120 for the 150. But I that was my and my riser ready to rock and roll if I had something to come within age in range because I was just using a a slate box call yep. and I just kind of making that chirp and I I couldn't get anything to wake up or talk to me. Uh, or anything like that. You're so it's not, like, well, not speaking turkey language. I wasn't. I wasn't talking sexy to no, him. You know, no, it happens. It yeah. Happens. Not for everybody. No, it isn't. That's no. a, a one thing I did find out. Like when I was talking to uh, Josh Carter on um, the podcast, came out like a couple of weeks ago. He's he managed to get um, managed to get well altogether. I think he's eight for eight birds of twenty twenty two. Holy cat! Yeah, and then, and then this is also helping people get on birds. Sure, sure. And sure. he's and he got his first quad beard. His oh. son's got a quad beard. How cool is that? Yeah, having four beards on one bird. Yeah, yeah. It's something that's very rare to happen, but it happens apparently. Yeah. Would you eat that bird? I would. Yeah, I would still eat it. I would think there's it. something wrong with it. Oh, I'd, I'd definitely, I'd, I'd definitely get it mounted. I'd hit that 165, 165 degrees in the smoker, and, I'm, and I'll, it's going down. <laughs> it's going down, man. Yeah, I've had you cook for me before. Oh yeah, it was fantastic. Oh, it's I do put on a yeah, good. You spread. are okay. Yeah. You are okay. I'm hoping next year we'll, I'm, I'm going to continue doing this 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 tradition of everybody coming down. I think next year I'm going to ask Alan if he wants to come over to town cool. too as well. Uh, we're working. We got a new rug because we know last year it got real loud. So the goal is to figure out a way to dampen the sound so yeah. this way then it, it's not so echoey. Yeah, yeah. No, I, that I think that's a that's a cool idea. Yeah, then if you've seen that, we got all this new concrete being poured. So, we and we 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 have bags of it. So now it's like instead of having people gather inside the house, let's start throwing bags. Let's start throwing all a bunch of fun stuff there and continue outside. that camaraderie. Well, you know, it's nice that you're on the end here, so that you you can get away with with you know some outdoor setting and stuff like that and having a good time. Yeah, that's, that's good. I, I like that. That's a smart move. Yeah, it's, I think this would be a fair, fair idea, man. I mean, dude, we're almost at two hours, dude. Stop it. Yeah, literally, we're at an hour and fifty minutes right now. Holy smokes, dude. 
Yeah. It went by fast. It does. Well, Way we, fast. We've, we've had some really good conversations to talk about, man. I'm really looking forward to shooting tomorrow oh, and yeah. having Rebecca there and it, or having Becky there and then having Sophia there as well. Yeah. And it's, it's just everything has just been a really solid, fun weekend. And then now the storm's over with too as well. I'm going to release this episode to today. I'm just, well, after pretty much when, we're done, when, we, when I stop hit, hitting record, I'm going to begin the whole process because I'll That's show you awesome. how I edit an, edit an episode and how streamlined it is because, like you said, how you, you gain yeah. that experience. Yep. You kind of know how everything works and stuff. Now it's just allowing the machine to do the work for you. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and then this way I'll, I'll put it. I'll drop in the H, Friends of HHA USA and such. And oh yeah. I've, I've got a, whenever I drop an episode in there and stuff like that, and focusing all that fun stuff. It's just it's I see a really good uptick in in iTunes. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that's a good group. It is. It yeah. is very good. I haven't still haven't gone and did it did a my own uh, write up and stuff like yeah, that. Either. Yeah. Oh, neither, actually, neither I, I did, but it was, but it was pretty brief. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't feel like I, I'm, I'm one of the overly interesting people. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, you're, but, you're doing something, so that makes I, you I, interesting. Yeah, sure. That's the big yeah, thing. Like, I get that. San Ubel and all those guys yeah. from the Breaking Point, and yeah, all of us are, are awesome. all doing something to really emphasize a the sport of archery, yeah. b the good causes that HHA USA does, and HHA sports itself. Yeah. Sports. And likewise, we all do it because I've, I've sold a, a few targets or a few, um. Uh, sites for people because it's like like they would ask them like why did you do it it's like number one customer service 100% customer service number two that lifetime warranty yeah, on you it. betcha and, and see it's like and I told them it's like great I may shoot for them but it's like it's it's a quality that you will see no other and plus it's like you're always going to have it yeah you're always it's in, in even if you buy a new bow, you can transfer that site to the next one and be going a little process for it. I mean, granted, cuts in the prof- profits of HHA Sports, but hey, you know, you, you you there's opportunities. But the cool thing is, like what we did with with our old sets when 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 we got our Tetris and stuff like that, we donated them to, to Tyson. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's what we did. We donated our old sites, our old dropaways, so like because. We're done with them. Why sell them? Why not? We, and as this oh, right re- repurpose them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, for that for the next people that are trying to get into the sport, don't have a ton of money to, to, to mm-hmm. be able to afford some of that stuff. That's a great program to be able to mm-hmm. to, to to get into that. Oh yeah, and, and, and look what we did with your site today. You know, like and I and I told you, I said if this was any other site, this would be a lot more difficult. Oh yeah. You know, with, with how they have their their, I can go a long time with their HEG sites, um, but how they have their site design made it a lot easier for me to make a couple of adjustments on your bow and get you to get you dialed in and, and shooting good. You know? Oh yeah, my between yesterday and day, night and day difference. Absolutely. Far less fives, zero zero zeros, and right. more eights, more tens, and more twelves. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To to the point, I'm not sure if I want to shoot first anymore. <laughs> you know, uh, that's what I was thinking about too. It's like you were shooting first, and it's like I was just dropping your arrow right in there. But yeah. I think it's like having you or myself go first, then then, then like in having then having Alicia and Sophia shoot after us, I think it really gives them something to look for. It really does. It, it's going to help Sophia a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then Lisa, you know, when she's shooting, she's going to have at least a, and that's exactly what it is. A point of reference, you know, okay. If, if it's just a white target or a javelina or something like that, that does a, a bear, Jesus, those freaking bears. <laughs> that bear. Those yeah. black bears would give you really no point of reference. Now, if you put a green dot down there or you have, you some well, of your errors you have. You have I, well, I did have red. Well, one, well, I lost okay. one red knock yesterday. Right. The other red knock was damaged and the other red right. knock I never shut so off. You, you and a, so, yeah, so, so, it's, so if you put a point on there for them to shoot at, you're mm-hmm. going to help them out because now they're going to actually score better. So it's going to, it's going to be better. They're having fun. Yeah. Um, and then, and of course she actually a couple of times hit your arrow. I think she did. She did. Like, I think it's intentional. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> but she did uh, drop one of her arrows right on top of mine where we got yeah, the double did. 12s. I smoked it. Yeah, she she just 
I was. I think she put it right underneath mine. And and it's like she great. Did it, she was jacked. Oh yeah, she was so happy about that. And I was like, that was a dang good shot. Mm-hmm. You know, knuckles up. Here we go. Yeah, so that's exactly. Good stuff. Good stuff. And, man. Uh, my still my favorite shot of the day. Well, besides my bobcat pass through was Sophia on on the second target with head shooting. Or, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, it, no, it was the first target. First target. Yeah. yeah, she head shot the bear. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, brand new bow to her. She's uh-huh. still learning it, and, and 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 you can see like she's trying to connect the dots and stuff. Draws back, smokes the bear in the in the head, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then she just kind of looks at you guys. And you're like, well, yeah, that's a great shot. You yeah. know, I mean, we're having fun. Here we go, mm-hmm. dude. That was pretty fun. I, I enjoy watching that. I think having those excitable moments, yeah, will absolutely, have them draw upon it because. Uh, Seth was talking about Jackson when you when we shot it with him in Toma, mm-hmm. he was just talking about the entire way home, like yeah. how he had he felt so welcomed and, and how he felt like part of the group, yeah. and we're all giving him pointers and, and stuff like that. He really felt like he was part of the group of the That's guys awesome. and stuff like that. And he like he's very pretty stoic, and then but that once he leaves all the men, he like he then the little then the, the <laughs> nine year old comes out. Yeah, I I, I just I. It, Maybe. Whatever, whatever, however he balances, I think this is just his way of still going through the grieving process. Like, you know, dude, we're all here for you, man. We're all excited yeah. about having you shoot with us That's and right. just having a blast. You bet. You bet. Been good stuff, man. Oh, definitely, dude, man. This has been a fantastic. Anybody, what's the best way to find your app? Uh, you can download it, search Toxin app, uh, T-O-X-O-N. It's, uh, it's available on Android and iOS. It's free to download, i.e., it's free to find your club's events events that you want to go to, pro shops that are on the app, it is growing. We just launched this thing not too very long ago. Um, this this thing is, is actually doing pretty well, man. We just we just actually finalized push notifications. So um, that might be something I might show you tonight, maybe tomorrow, um, how that's going to act, how that's going to work when we when we finally let the clubs and stuff start using this. So I mean, I'm super pumped the way this thing is at. So now with the push notification, is that going to be based off the GPS that's in there? So this way, like, like, it's like for me living in Lacrosse, like, hey Jeff, there's a shoot in Cooley Archers in Holman. Right. I don't care what's going on in Michigan as far as archery shoots. I, there's no way I'm going to make it across the pond. Right. Correct. However, HHA USA, well, I want to hear about those events. So right now, the app gives you the ability to to, and I'll try not to take too long here. The app is actually going to give you the ability to save an event to your calendar. Gives you driving directions right there and when the events are happening. Those those are three big elements to be getting people to these events, you know. And now if we do push notifications, Chris can put a um, uh, um, uh, something together, send it out there one month, two months, three weeks, four weeks, whatever ahead as a reminder that these events are coming up. So we're gonna be able to get more folks notified about these events coming. You know, push. You know, um, social media doesn't do us uh, us the archery industry, a lot of favors. Correct. I mean, I mean, they really suppress us quite a bit. That's why I'm hoping this app is going to help us get people to these events, keep our clubs alive, grow the sport of archery. That's what we're hoping for. So yeah, yeah. Download it. Um, send a message to me, send a message to Jeff. I mean, I mean, we're, we're happy to grow the sport. So. Oh, a hundred percent. And that's the best part. Make sure you go out and subscribe or follow or yeah, follow him on Instagram. So this way you can keep up to date for all the news, pin drops and such and help us this community continue growing the sport and if you even live in germany if you live in ireland if you live in czechoslovakia start spreading the word because i know you guys listen to me out there because i see it in my analytics so thank you everybody for tuning into another episode of bucks of america podcast thank you you're very welcome sir